FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 374 of the podcast that goes snicked. I am your host, Jason Adamantium Jelly Venable, and I'm joined by two very special co-hosts, Al, Mr. Coppertone, excuse me, (laughs) already, already, Um, Al, Mr. Coppertone Sedano, and Grant, spelling with planets is fun, Richter, hey guys. Hey. Hey, what's up? (laughs) I thought it was going to be Grant Righteous Beatdown, Richter. <laughs> Righteous Beatdown. Isn't that sound like something to be in a Beastie Boy song? <laughs> well, all I know is you said Mr. Coppertone, and in my head, all of a sudden, I imagine Adam Warlock saying, Make the Soul Gem Great Again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and you've just ruined Adam Warlock. Okay. <laughs> Love you, Ralph. Bye. Well, hey, we'll redeem it. Uh, just imagine the dog from the Vision series... Pulling at uh, Adam Warlock's cape on the beach. Oh, Sparky. <laughs> I love Sparky. Yes. Oh, man. That that was a good series. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, this is a, a flashback episode, and we're going to talk about the 1991 blockbuster event, the Infinity Gauntlet. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Have you? Okay. You know, I thought it might be up your alley. <laughs> slightly. Right. Now that's Didn't they make a Robot movie Fighter about this or something? Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I've heard of it. <laughs> they made movies? Some comics? When did that happen? What? Right. Uh, maybe that'll take off someday. <laughs> <laughs> we should be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any comic movie would be... If they stopped it at Weird Science, that's it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough they adapt books. <laughs> God, it's terrible. You got books? When did that happen? <laughs> oh, um, anyway, <laughs> what a very hearty thank you to two of my favorite podcasters for coming on and talking about this with me. And um, I'm very grateful to have you guys. Of course, um, Al from the uh, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast and Grant from the uh, Sentinel of Liberty podcast. Um, and we'll do all the, the full credits here in a bit, but... Um, just go listen to those shows, you know, after you listen to this. But thank you guys for coming on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us on. This has got to be fun. Yeah. I think not to not to um, play favorites, but I think an extra special thank you to Al, because I know we're kind of biting the style a little bit on this one. <laughs> I'm having get, getting to this before, before he got to it on his show. So I really appreciate you kind of giving us a test run on it. Um, very, very grateful for that. Cause I, I, I couldn't imagine trying to do this without the, um, you know, confirmed foremost scholar on Adam Warlock, you know, coming on to help us talk about it. So I really appreciate it. Oh, you make me sound like smart and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so what we're going to do, you know, as normal, we'll go through like the main series and I'm going to kind of be the, uh, the tie-in correspondent. So I'll just kind of chip in on 
kind of the the very basic knowledge you need to know on some of the tie-ins, but um, our two heavy hitters will hit the uh, the main issues, and we'll kind of just go through it like that. We will be following the um, complete Marvel reading order order, which after having gone through it, mostly makes sense. <laughs> um, you know, as those things do, it's, it's hard to to put everything in exact order when it's not necessarily intended to be, but I think it overall works pretty well. But, um, yeah, I forgot. Which one <laughs> Which one are you guys are doing number one? <laughs> that would be me. One. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Al's a one, three, and five, and I'm two, four, so he's, he's odds I'm even. There you go. All right. All right. So we're ready? Yeah, let's, let's jump in. All right. So the Infinity Gauntlet issue one. God. Written by Jim Starlin, pencils by George Perez, inks by Joe Rubenstein and Tom Christopher, colors by Max Scheele and Ian Lautlin, letters Jack Morelli, cover art by George Perez and John Strazuzzi. Uh, now, just a quick note for people in case anyone recognizes this. Because of my week, uh, most of my synopsis has been taken from comics.org, although I haven't punched them up a little bit, but mostly from there. <laughs> so if you recognize it, if you work at comics.org, Yes, that's where it's from. Full credit to you. Awesome. Yeah, All thanks right. for, for clearing the legal on that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The Silver Surfer crashes into Doctor Strange's Centaurum and warns the Sorcerer Supreme that Thanos has gained control of the Infinity Gauntlet. With his new lackey Mephisto whispering in his ear, Thanos begins to test his new powers and pay a visit to his lover, Death. He also takes captive his brother Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox, removing his mouth, though, and his granddaughter, <laughs> maybe? Nebula. <laughs> Though he brings her back as a half-alive, half-dead mockery. Adam Warlock, Pip, and Gamora are resurrected in the body of three people who have died in a car crash. Finding that death still spurns his love, even after he creates a monument to her, Thanos wipes out half of all life in the universe with the infamous snap. As the cosmos reels with the loss of half of its population... The heroes of Earth scramble to try and figure out what is going on. Please note, Wolverine does not appear in this issue. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so let's start with that cover. Um, oh, gorgeous. This is it's... iconic to a T. I mean, if, you, if you're familiar with this story at all, you've seen this cover over and over again, but it looks so nice. It is beautiful. I mean, it's George Perez doing what he does best, taking a crap ton of characters and yet not making it look overcrowded or busy. Yeah. yeah. And the, the light, like the colors coming off of the gems looks so rad. And like, it's so just nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, it, it's, it's brilliant. Um, the only panel, the, the little, panels of the characters the one I, there's the one i can't figure out it's below the silver surfer and above star lord i don't know who that is it looks like a green person but oh and, I, I was looking at that just now too it's not drax obviously no because drax, drax is right there next to him yeah but mm, huh. it's still rad cover um and I, I never noticed before right below dr strange is the three people that become the uh uh adam gamora and drax yeah, and I really, I really love the Doctor Strange part with the detail in the background of like the candle and the little books. Like that really is not. 
would not have been missed had it not been there, but since it is there, it just really like draws your eye into it. Um, but now I'm really trying to figure out who Brainiac is. <laughs> you brought him up. Um, yeah, I wonder I, if that's supposed to be like the queen of the scrolls or something from that. Time. Except she's not the chin. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, I'm flipping through it now. Um, I have no idea. That's weird. All right. Well, listeners, if you know who that is, you know, let us know. Or if you have like one of those, uh, one of those pages that are blank and have numbers on the faces and then have a key at <laughs> <laughs> the bottom, you can tell us who it is. Um, not, yeah. Otherwise, nope, it I is got... no on page uh, 34 of the digital copy. It is the Queen of the Scrolls. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, because she made her chin prettier, right? right. Yeah, I remember that from like a Fantastic Four story right. or something. Okay, um, then. yeah. Mystery solved. Mystery crisis averted. Right. <laughs> and we're done. Right. <laughs> Good talking to you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Brooke Raggy. Yep. <laughs> but um, man, uh, the the interesting panel layout on the first page is great. Uh, even down to like the footprints. Um, and I love. I don't remember this being as prevalent in the nineties. I remember. I know in the eighties it was super prevalent. But like the the title page being part of the image, like the title being part of the image, really harkens back to like Perez's Avengers run and uh, John Byrne on the X Men. Um, I just really work in that title into the artwork. I thought it was really cool. Oh yeah, that goes back even further. Sure. That I think I think it's mostly attributed to Will Eisner in the spirit. Oh, okay. A lot of times Very he would cool. do he would do that like the buildings or whatever or whatever is in the background would be the title. Yeah. No, and I'm definitely I know it predates those guys because I've seen it also in kind of some of my 60s and 70s read through. But my most familiar aspect, you know, being Oh well, yeah. A, Growing up an X-Man fan was mostly uh, through Burn. <laughs> I would but, not um, be surprised if that was, because I've heard that being as like the influence usually on that, and I would not be surprised with those guys if that was the influence on them. Right. Yeah, very possible. Um, yeah, other highlights for me, um, the first time we see Doctor Strange and kind of the, uh, the way the window of his sanctuary is like in his cape, but also in front of him. Looks oh. really rad. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing about this issue is like the little mini pinups they do for all the point of view characters. Yeah, well, yeah. and I like how they do that. How like each couple pages, it's somebody else like saying like this is how things were going before everything went to hell. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh oh man, the artwork in here is so good. Um, and then the, like the Temple of Death looks amazing. Um. And the transfer of scenes from, like, the zooming in on the first time we really get a good look at the gauntlet into, uh, is it the Soul Gym, the one that's on the back of the hand, the green one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of zooming in on that and then zooming back out from, like, the Soul Pool or whatever that was called. I forget the now. The Infinity Well. The Infinity Well, yeah. Like, that's a really cool transition. Um, yeah, um... Just really, really great stuff. I don't know if I have a ton <laughs> to say about it other than just kind of, ooh, ah. <laughs> yeah. 
I love the panel on page 12 of the digital copy where he's just letting loose with all the gems. And it's like a dinosaur with its with its skeleton being pulled out and then a yeah. huge tidal wave and then some kind of upside down temple. And oh man, that's so, so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it definitely reminds me a lot of uh, Starlin's work, uh, his artwork on some of the Captain Marvel issues and Thanos' first major uh, story. Almost there. The Cosmic Cube. <laughs> yeah. Where he he does a lot. He does like there are like some pages, especially ones where he does the origin of like Drax or Moon Dragon, where it's similar to that. Like it's like a whole bunch of images, like bizarre images like that. Right. So it reminds me of that a lot. But oh, yeah, that that is a beautiful one. Just showing how completely powerful he is. Yeah. You know, and I'll say a lot of this was recap of like. Starlin Silver Surfer run leading up to this, which by the way is pretty much to an issue, all awesome. Um, yeah, and the uh, Thanos Quest miniseries, probably yes. because there was like a four ninety five book at that time, so right, yeah, right, not a lot of people bought it. Yeah, and which unfortunately, because that was also a really great. Was it two like a kind of a book in series, right? Like two big issues. Yeah, yeah like prestige format. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, I didn't even know it was. I didn't know it existed until about maybe a year after it came out because I lived out in the middle of East Nowhere and where there were no comic shops, so it wasn't on the spinner rack at the grocery store <laughs> where I got my comics. Right. And I eventually moved, and like the guy that eventually became my best friend where I moved to, he had it. I'm like, gimme, let me read it. Yeah, I but, didn't read yeah, that. This, Sorry, go. On. No, I was just saying, and, and I'm not a huge fan of Ron Lim's art, but man, the stuff on Thanos Quest is just so good. Yeah, his surfer stuff is pretty phenomenal most of the time, too. Um, so that brings up a good point, though. Um, maybe we should back up just a hair, or at least for me, a little nerd confession. This is my first time to read this. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I bought it when it came out. So, you know, I should have. I was just... I, I was too cool to buy it when it came out, I guess. I don't know what happened. I don't really know how I missed it or didn't get into it. But, yeah, no, this is my uh, – I, I know all about it. It was my first time to actually, like, work my way through the pages. So I, I was pretty excited to get this done. Yeah. Um, when it came this out, is this was my first intro- introduction to all this because I wasn't really reading Silver Surfer. And until the Warlock <laughs> reprint series came out around the same time, I had no idea who they were. So I think I was actually pretty surprised by like the whole people like who were dead and then the cocoon. Like I didn't know what was going on with that when I first read issue one initially. Because I'm like, right. what what is this a cocoon? What the hell is that? <laughs> no, honestly, when I first signed up for Marvel Unlimited was the first time I've read this from complete beginning to end. Because you know, again, Spinner Rack, I had issues two, four, and five. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so. I like I Wikipedia how it ended, and I kind of pieced it together <laughs> from context clues and other stuff. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I've, I'd read all of it. Very cool. All right. Um, I love how the snap goes black and white. I thought that was really cool. Um, and you really feel like the disappearance. I think particularly like the lady who's like my baby. Like that really kind of as yeah. a parent kind of hit me. Um, Grant, what do you think of that Captain America panel? Oh, that was my uh, Twitter icon for about a week. Uh, nice. I love it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I do like the Spider-Man one a little bit better, though. 
Oh, where he's got it hanging in front of his face? Yeah. In front of his logo, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really cool Captain America pinup. I wish, and I know this is this is comic nerd heresy, I wish when Perez had started the art on the Busiek series in like 98, I wish his art had still been this good at the time. And I know that sounds really mean, and I don't mean it to be, but Perez's art on late 90s Avengers is probably yeah. my least favorite Perez. Um, I think something happened. Um, I think that's actually why he had to leave this book so early. Uh, I think there was a medical issue. But, oh, um, bummer. But, Al, you may know better than me since you're the... I'm trying kid. to remember, but I don't recall off the top of my head, yeah. but that might be true. Yeah, but I, st- I still love the guy. He's great. Yeah, yeah, especially in in this issue. Um, of course, we get reacquainted with our Agents of Shield there towards the end, and then the Hulk drinking a pitcher like it's a mug. <laughs> On page thirty-one, Cersei disappears, and no one cares. <laughs> and until a few months from now, when the Eternals movie comes out, people are gonna be like, "Who?" Right. <laughs> I like Cersei. <laughs> I hate the Eternals. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and the Nick Fury scenes, which are really just there for exposition of what's going on on Earth, because really, Nick Fury has really nothing to do with the series. He's just kind of yeah, there to give much. us a couple... He's just there to have somebody going... Have a scientist talk to somebody go, Oh my God, this is happening! Right? <laughs> These gold brickers keep disappearing! Right? <laughs> I actually looked up what gold bricker means. It means someone who looks who looks impressive but is completely useless. Oh, okay. Because uh, so. gold is a very soft metal, so yeah, that would make a bad brick. Right, or or it's like if you were to take a brick and then paint it the color gold to make it look like a bar of gold. It was where the expression uh, came from. Oh, okay. So. okay. Yeah, either way it works, actually. But yeah, right. you're right. That would not... Oh. I never even thought of it. That's one of those words that you see from comics that you just kind of accept... Like milk sop, right? right. <laughs> or, or milk toast? I'm like, what milk toast? What? Okay. Um, on page, sorry, on page Milk's 37, sake. on page 37, where uh, Star Fox is talking to Isaac, Isaac looks so much like one of the Micronauts. You guys know what I'm talking about? Let me get there. You um, mean when Drax is watching Alf? <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, he does kind of look like a micronaut. Yeah, he looks like he oh, looks like Biotron. Uh, he looks like Biotron from the Micronauts. Sorry, that's my okay. other weird randomness. Yeah, but yeah, since you mentioned it, I do love this era of Drax being obsessed with Elf. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> it's almost as much fun as like if he looks a cat constantly showing up in Farlane art. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, and speaking though of that page, I love that last panel. Of Thanos on that page with uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's really cool. Where he's like one with the universe, and his eyes are stars. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and like the stars become like the top of his head, of his of his um, not mask, not helmet, whatever it's called, skull cap, and yeah. it just becomes the rest of the universe of planets and everything. Like, oh, that's so cool. Right. It is yeah. super super cool. That's yeah, just one of the just most stunning comics ever made. Yep, and then we see our, our three bodies kind of start to transmorph into their inter-counterparts. Uh, I guess their souls kind of transforming the bodies. Um, now that was kind of an interesting way to do that, right? Um, yeah. They kind of 
move out of the soul gym into these bodies that resurrect, and they kind of just gradually make the body theirs. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really kind of a cool metaphysical way to kind of bring them into the story. Um, yeah. Yeah. My question- highlight zone is that last panel. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. <laughs> I I've always line. been fascinated by the by the warlock cocoon. I always thought it was a really neat concept. It's a really fun way to take a for a writer to take a new spin on an old character. Right. Yeah, and have there be a reason for it, not just I want to do right. something different. Although it right. makes you realize. So wait, are his clothes part of his body? <laughs> I think he's. I think they get woven out of the material of the cocoon. Yeah, that yeah. Could, maybe. Although I like Pip's line there. Fat lug, good at what you're gonna be. Right. <laughs> but it does make me wonder here now, because Thanos didn't know he was coming back, but he was able to make sure certain people were gone. Like later on, we'll find. You know, he mentions that he made sure Mentor is one of the people that disappears. Right. 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 So Not the question is, random. do you think he knew? Maybe he didn't know about Adam, but do you think he made Gamora disappear because he does consider Gamora a threat? You know, a possible threat, or was that random? Mm. Well, Gamora's there after the snap, though. So no, she's gone. What? That's why Pip runs oh. into the room. The snap happens, and she. Oh, dang. Yeah, huh. yeah, and the, you see her before. disappear in the mirror. Oh, cool. So my question just... is now. That's why I'm wondering: could that have been intent? Was that intentional or accidental? Well, I mean, we don't so, get any confirmation either way in the series. But so Al, Al, help me out with my my continuity. At this point in time, what, if any, connection is there between Gamora and Thanos? Oh, she was connected to him from the beginning. Okay, okay, all right. I mean, as how much of a father-daughter relationship they had definitely got enhanced further on. Okay. But, I mean, she was working for him. She first shows up in the Mega storyline in the 70s. And okay. it's established that he pretty much took her as a child so gotcha. raised her. Okay. And he even doesn't want to kill her when he's trying to he's not even thinking about killing her when he's trying to get her out of his way so he can do plans that he knows she would not approve of he gives her a mission to go find adam warlock to get her out of the way so you can kind of look at that as like thanos i mean obviously story-wise it's like well let's have a reason to have gamora in there but story-wise it's like thanos should just kill her you know it's like okay right. my lackey either listens to me or i kill them and he's like why don't you go play with your friends outside basically and stay out right. of the way here so you don't see what I'm doing. So right. you kind of see that, you know, more of the more of their relationship does get fleshed out further on in the Warlock and the Infinity Watch series that comes out after. Mm-hmm. But you see he does consider her like somebody he would think would could take him out. You know, one of the few people he respects and thinks could, you know, harm him. Hmm. Interesting. So, so I think I the only the only kind of question mark uh, spoilers, I'm gonna I'm gonna really love this series. Um <laughs> But when you do find out that he did, like, intentionally remove some people, it kind of makes you question why he left Adam. Um, well, Adam, I don't know if he was able to, he actually knew was back. Okay. I mean, it's mentioned later on, yeah. not just the thing that happens in issue five and six with Nebula, but it's mentioned later on why the cosmic powers will follow. Chaos and Earth says, Adam Warlock is outside the normal realm of things. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think that's what Adam thing. did to himself with the cocoon. Is he made himself? Oh, like, kind of okay. Cocoon. Gotcha. Okay. And I've always got the impression that Thanos' omniscience, when he has the full gauntlet, is he has to focus on a specific thing to know all about it. 
Okay. So I, I don't think he knew they were back, and I don't, you know, I don't think he was specifically looking for Gamora. So I think it was just random. Okay, okay. yeah, that's also possible. Yeah, but too. it could be interpreted either way. It's just headcanon one way or the other. But exactly. <laughs> oh, headcanon. Okay. Well, um, I will leave this up to you guys. I am going to rate all six of these the same thing as far as our claw rating. So do y'all just want to wait and do all that at the end? Or do y'all have kind of a sliding scale between the issues? I'm going to go with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, anything else to say about number one? It's a great setup. I mean, it really, really makes you feel like what's going on in the story and then really is, you're intrigued by the end of it. Um, any other any Any other thoughts on this one? Not really. I mean, it yeah. gives you enough to know what's happened before, but it's not a full recap thing. So if you read all that stuff, you don't feel like you wasted your money. Right. There's all right. the new stuff with the surfer showing up of Strange and Spider-Man and Shield. So you got enough other stuff. And Thanos playing with his powers. You get another other stuff. And of course, that art's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, it looks great. Okay, we'll take a slight deviation. Um, these are going to go real, real fast, guys. Promise. Um Doctor Strange 31 is basically Silver Surfer is a Wonderful Life. Um, Silver Surfer 51, uh, Galactus feeds on a planet to regain the strength to fight Thanos, and the Surfer uh, revives, or sorry, reminds Nova of her humanity. Uh, the, the Herald Nova, not the New Warrior Nova. Um, Quasar 26 and 27 are my two least favorite parts of this whole reading project. Um, <laughs> a her, which I don't even know is a thing, but it's a yep. female Adam, wants yep. to get it on with him. Uh, but uh, but he's busy with the Infinity Gauntlet. So that's going to take us to Infinity Gauntlet number two. And that's me. So we have – this was my first issue of Infinity Gauntlet I read, and I love this cover as a kid. So it's got Cap and the Vision and She-Hulk and Eric Masterson Thor looking at this big wall monitor of a bunch of different heroes that have disappeared. And it get, kind of gets reiterated within the issue, so I'm not going to go into it too much. And then it's also got a big panel in the middle of uh, – it looks like Doctor Strange trying to fight a resurrecting Adam, but not fight. So it opens up, and we show that there has been massive destruction on Earth, uh, specifically where a, a person that was piloting a, um, uh, an airliner jet, uh, I guess he got snapped out of existence, so the plane crashed in the middle of New York. We see uh, Quasar being summoned into action by his mentor, this Epoch at this time. I couldn't remember if that was Epoch or Eon. Uh, we see the Kree... Um, uh, investigating what's going on. Hank Pym is in, uh, examining the Silver Surfer who's crashed out on Doctor Strange's couch. <laughs> and then Doctor Strange goes full astral trip. Gets, I guess he gets this, I guess he gets sucked out of his body by Adam. And they have a little conversation. And we definitely need to come back and talk about these pages later. So Adam gives him the skinny what's going on. Doctor Doom wants to get in on that action. Um, let's see, we've got Star Fox and Drax and Fire Lord. I don't have a succinct synopsis for any of these, by the way. <laughs> um, Star Fox gets yanked good. Um, Thanos looks really awesome with his giant fist upside 
Star Fox's head. Um, they have a little talking out. Star Fox gets his mouth removed. Good. Um, <laughs> and then we get the panel with Captain America in front of all the monitors of all the heroes disappeared. It's basically X Factor, Alpha Flight, <laughs> the New Warriors, and the Fantastic Four. Right. So, in There's the lock. Obviously, we read Richard's uh, press junket shot because he makes his body <laughs> into a big four. Right. Yeah, this is his LinkedIn page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so I added some stuff on my synopsis at the very last minute. So I thought uh, Star Fox was taken in issue one. So sorry, that was my bad. That's not kind oh, of no Star fault. Yeah, no problem. All right, so moving on, uh, we see that uh, Odin has called the conclave of all the Sky Fathers, which is pretty cool. Another definitely thing we need to come back to. Um, uh, moving on, now uh, Pip is watching Alf. So, <laughs> again with Alf. Um, Adam is out of his cocoon, but we don't see him yet. Dr. Doom shows up. Um, he gives the surfer what for. Uh, and then Adam shows up, and then Pip's there with him, and Adam looks naked. I'm pretty sure Adam's naked under that cape right now. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that. Um, so now, back on um, Thanos' Sky Islands, it looks like giant space mouth eyeball worms are boring into Star Fox and Nebula, which looks really painful. Good. Um, let's see. And then we see we see that scene from Infinity War, the movie, where he uses a skull to turn people in ribbons into cubes, which is really neat. That was my favorite part of Infinity War, seeing that scene reenacted. <laughs> um, we see Galactus. Okay, so we see this wave is emanating out from Thanos, and it is this incredibly destructive force. It destroys this planet that Galactus is about to eat. So Galactus is hungry, and then we see it hit Earth. And I definitely want to come back to this scene later um, and talk about it a lot. Um, on page 28, we get our first Wolverine appearance in his rad leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very uh, almost Morrison-esque. Uh, we see Iron Man with some doohickey examining the space wave. He gets blasted out of the sky. We see where California doesn't exist anymore. Um, we can see some Avengers trying to help some people the conclave of Skyfathers has been demolished and they're just going to stay out of it it looks like which is hmm, okay that's very Odin-esque we see see there's going to be giant tidal waves heading towards the eastern United States we see that it looks like all of Manhattan gets wiped out we see the Trump Tower getting uh, getting deluged yeah and Japan doesn't exist anymore. And see, moving on. Destruction, destruction, destruction. And next issue, preparations for war. So, like I said, I have no, I have no succinct synopses for these. But this is all <laughs> nope. just off-the-cuff discussion for me. <laughs> yeah, so um, like I said, this is my first time to read this, so I didn't know it was here. But I really missed the opening part of this book from the movies. Um which is basically the Avengers responding to normal people in the immediate aftermath, right? We see a lot of the five-year-later stuff, like with Cap doing the counseling and stuff. But I really, really enjoyed these scenes of the Avengers jumping in 
with like crap half the world has disappeared planes are crashing you know then the the title like when thanos's wave comes out like the way the avengers really respond and just help like the common man um really enjoyed that aspect of this issue Right. I had mentioned to Al on a recent episode of Resurrections, which through the magic of podcasting may or may not be out on this episode. Hits. <laughs> Probably but not. I, I'd comment well, that, that compared to how Thanos is depicted in the comics now as just, you know, like a bloodbath, you know, and a complete butcher, these are these 90s issues, like his death toll still exists, but it's much more clean it's like you know it's like in the movie people he just makes people disappear but can, this is much more terrifying than the movie um because you don't see all this extra destruction that's going on like right. i like i haven't really i read this really thoroughly when it came out when i was in high school i don't remember all this stuff about that shockwave hitting earth and then like japan being wiped out in california and new york i don't remember any of that that would that kind of shook me a little bit yeah that yeah. is there's that, and also the, the the effects of what happens when half the people just vanish. Is like you know cars crash, planes right. crash. I mean, it reminds me also a bit, which I'm sure they probably got the idea a bit from this of uh, why the last man, right? Where like all the men vent just all of a sudden die. Yeah, and yeah, so all of a sudden very... like planes are crashing. You know, doctors are passing, dying as like they're operating on people. All kinds of things happen because half the population is just dead. Yeah, yeah. which is such. I mean. I know we're technically in the second act of this, but or second issue, but we're still kind of getting the story started, and just it adds so much humanity to it of seeing like the the responses and, and the kind of the the one by one life scenarios that are really really impacted by what happens when people are suddenly gone. I, I it really like you, Grant. It's kind of really really hit home for me. Um, Oh yeah, especially that. Uh, I think especially the page of Namorita with the tidal wave. Right. Which yeah. is like yeah. out of all these people, I was only able to save two. Right. Right. And I think with like has, all three all she of us, she just grabbed whoever she can grab, and that's it. Right. <laughs> and I think with like all three of us living in like very flood heavy, very hurricane heavy states, <laughs> you know, it's and I, I don't mean that jokingly. I mean that's right. that's like a big thing that kind of freaks me out on a yearly basis so mm -hmm. you know massive cities getting being wiped out by water is uh yeah that's it's unsettling yeah i did i thought it was really funny um this is kind of be like a in the background thing that happens throughout this story but the idea of Thanos does what he does, and the the Kree and the Scrolls both just blame each other. Right. <laughs> like, That's like, all sure, they do. Surely they did this. They, the ever the ever present they, which right. well, it no, goes back no, to uh, nothing like, relevant about that, you know, for us now at all, no, right? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> well, it even goes back to uh, which I know you covered, Dark Phoenix saga, right? At the what, Uncanny X-Men 137. There, there is observers, but what happens? They kill each other. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> can't take that. They can't resist that shot to go, you know what? I'm going to blame you. For what? Yep. I don't know. But something. <laughs> That's fine. I'm right. blaming you. Let's kill each other. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, let's go to that, uh, the scene of Adam basically forcing Doctor Strange's kind of astral projection to come have a conversation. Um, those are some beautiful pages. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very tricky. It, 
it makes me feel like maybe this was where that scene from the Doctor Strange movie came from, where she like, oh. where, where she astral punches him in the head. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, this feels a more like that than anything from the old Ditko issues. Not that the right. Ditko issues aren't great, but this feels like the spiritual kind of ancestor of it. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of the stuff that Starlin did. I mean, granted, I know this is Perez's artwork, but I have to assume he's Starlin gave him some artistic cues since he is an artist. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, say, hey, go for this, try for this. And he definitely, there's a lot of, it, of Starlin stuff you can see was influenced by Dicko. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is definitely like, you know, the 90, doing a 90s version of Dicko, basically. Right. Yeah, it's great. Just yeah. stunning. And yeah, I like how they keep the mystery up of who is this person. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we can't guess. <laughs> well, it's easier now. I mean, back then, I mean, except for, unless you were reading Silver Surfer, knowing he was there... Right. Or if you had read it back in the 70s, you know, anyone who started yeah. reading comics like 10 years before that or less, Adam would have been dead since 78. Yeah, he was gone a long time. And here's the weird thing for me. When I – I was like eight when I started like getting comics on a fairly regular basis, and I didn't know anything about them. And so I I got the 1983 Ohatmu Book of the Deceased and Inactive, and it had Adam Warlock in it. Oh. And I oh. had not read anything with adam warlock before this came out but i was you know like i was like man that that felt like a really big deal to me i felt like i knew everything about the character just from having read that that um entry like a bajillion times because it was my favorite (laughs) one of the whole thing so i was like oh wow adam is back but i I felt like i had this you know comic book reading relationship with him that i didn't actually have but it still it felt really viscerally satisfying nice it's always fun when you have like those little minor things you know about, and all of a sudden it shows up. And you're like, I know that guy. <laughs> right, right. It's Jack of Hearts. <laughs> I know who that is. I know what's going on here. Right. I get that reference. <laughs> right, right. Internet so helpful. Oh yeah, I gotta love it. But, so yeah, no, Star Fox. Cool. Oh Star Fox. I hate Star Fox. If I haven't mentioned it, I hate Star Fox. Um, are you guys reading the current Guardians of the Galaxy series by Dunny Coates or Kate? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I love the fact. Oh, okay. Well, again, I'm six months behind. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. For anybody out there hasn't isn't read it that is interested in it, minor spoiler: Star Fox is pretty much the villain for the first six arcs, first six <laughs> issues of the series. It's great. He gets like caught in an explosion, and like half his face gets blown off, and he's crippled, and he's like this evil space Professor X chair. It's, it, I love it. It's like, man, I hate Star Fox, and I like seeing him as a, as a bad guy because he's a creep. No, yeah. I like that. That was a good series. That was a good series. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that if that page of him showing up there and Thanos just showing up with the Infinity Gauntlet in his in his face, like, look what I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his his fist like right up next to his head, and yeah. that smile. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do think it's interesting. So we we go back to where we have the the list of the heroes that disappeared, and then trying to contact some other heroes. And I wonder, because this is right before, uh, yes, like two months before, kind of the seismic shift in the X Men books. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if they just had random characters, or if there was go, there was at some point a planned incarnation of one of the teams having. Kenny uh, Pride come back to the, like the main X books. They have that group shot of 
Colossus, Psylocke, Kitty Pride, and a white haired Jubilee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it kind of like every, all that kind of matches except for Kitty. So I, I don't, it just kind of makes me wonder sometimes what the behind the scenes things like. Was there a conversation or did Perez just want to draw her real fast or, you know, I don't know. Perez probably just wanted to draw her. Yeah. Sorry. That, that's interesting. I hadn't noticed, I hadn't thought about that before. I'm wondering um, if they were just so in flux that it's like, all right, let's just right, say they're not yeah. available. We have no idea what happened yeah. to them. Right. right. <laughs> just throw some X-Men on there. It's fine. And if um, that was the point. So this is right before you said like X-Men number one, right? Yeah, a couple of months. Yeah. So this is before Alan Davis came back to Excalibur. So at that point, yes. Excalibur kind yeah. of felt like a throwaway title. Oh, I was uh, reading yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was basically like, who, who's, been, who's free today? Okay, you and you? Great. You guys are writing and drawing Excalibur this month. Right. Yeah, and very that's much what so. it was. So it was almost like eh, Excalibur. Who cares? <laughs> no, we did get a wonderful trial of Lockheed issue right before it. Davis comes back. Oh God, that's right. so bizarre. <laughs> Thank God, Alan Davis came back. That is just an amazing run. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing that I think is weird about the panel that shows the with the screen behind Cap, where it shows all the heroes that some of the heroes that disappeared, like most of it. I can make sense as it being timely, like, you know, like Black Cat was guesting in Spider-Man at the time. Hercules was a regular guest star and he was a, a cast member in Thor. Um, like, and then, you know, that's all the people that were in Alpha Flight at the time. You got some of the new warriors. It's weird that they threw in Luke Cage because Luke Cage was in limbo at the time. Yeah. Well, did the Cage series come out by the? I thought Cage came 92. out around this time. Oh, that, that was nice too. Yeah. Well, so. how long before that did they do that infamous Punisher story where he becomes a African American? Remember, he gets like that um, skid chase. It's, it's coming up. So final days. I'm actually about to reread that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Fi- final he, days starts like the month after this book come out, and he okay. comes. Luke Cage comes in like part five or six. So we're about okay. four or five months away. So then well, it is weird, um, yeah. Because I thought maybe either Luke Cage series had started, or at least he had been in Punisher. But, but maybe this is kind of like, hey, remember Luke Cage? Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. Um, and then also they have Macari on there because he had been a cast member in Quasar for Quasar, the last right. five, you know, several know issues. So I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he's one of the oh, Eternals. The... He's super fast. Oh, he's super fast. Okay. Yeah. That's why he has I would say go read Grunewald's Quasar to catch up on that, but it's a really misogynistic series, so don't. No, I I read the two issues that tied into here and did not enjoy it. Yeah. Um, read eighteen. Read eighteen. Okay. That's the that's the race issue where you get Barry Allen wins. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, why is Moon Knight standing behind Shaman? That's a good question. I'm like, <laughs> does he have a cape that stands up all by himself? I, I don't like, remember him having like a like a spirit thing that followed him around yeah. or anything. I don't know. Is, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've always wondered about that. I'm like, what is going on with that cape there? It's neat, though. <laughs> you yeah. got Moon Knight. Ah, oh, crap. Yeah. All right. He's, oh, man. Uh... Oh, man. <laughs> I love Perez's wasp. She just looks so, just so chipper. And I've been yeah. looked out of existence. Right. <laughs> And U.S. agent disappeared, and nobody cared. <laughs> they tried to put some blue in his shield. I know. Yeah. He's trying. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. The time when Windshear actually was part of a series. <laughs> you know what I want, though? I'm looking at this. I know we're spending a lot of, and probably an ornate amount of time on this page. But um, 
Wouldn't it be great if someone did like an untold Infinity Gauntlet story and Sue Storm didn't get snapped out? She just turned invisible the whole time and like <laughs> just set it out. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Deadpool Secret Secret Wars. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, was it Deadpool 11 from his first series where he's in that Spider Man issue? Right. Right. Yeah. In yeah. The background. <laughs> Yeah, I remember reading this and looking through the list. I was like, oh, yeah, Archangel, Hercules, Northstar. Who the hell's Windshear? Because I was, I had not read Alpha Flight in many, many, many years. Oh, he's a guy that has shoulder curtains. He so. does have shoulder curtains. Yeah, I know. It's... <laughs> the drapes match the boots. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue into Thor's worst haircut in the history of Thor haircuts. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But, I uh, do like the attention to detail. Is this in front godly in the back? <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the attention to detail writing-wise where Starlin's like making sure it's like, okay, it's not Thor. So yeah. he's like, he's paying attention. He's like, he could have just written it as Thor. Right. But he was paying attention enough to, you know, or was told, you know, editors are paying attention enough to let him know. This is not Thor. So make sure you, you know, let that known. So I like you know, that. I, yeah, I couldn't help but think, though, through this. This would have been a great story for Thor to come back. True, yeah. But but, but I think I'm looking forward to reading that, though, in its own series. So I'm kind of glad they did it. I think modern day, with the way events go, that's probably how it would have gone down. <laughs> for sure. Nowadays, but... um, I think that is just how it went. Just like a few, like six months ago. <laughs> right. The same thing when Cap came back during uh, Siege. Right. Yeah. You know, they brought him back for that. I mean, well, yeah, this is. Empire. Yeah. Well, I was thinking earlier from Siege. Yeah, true. But yeah, but I mean, this is still early on in these big crossovers. You know, yeah. they, this is still yeah. working out how these things are going to be. I mean, nowadays, like, Archangel not being in the series, you know, Beast, like, any of the X Men not being in it, are you crazy? Yeah. Right. You know, they knew enough to have Wolverine in it, but. The rest of them? Right, now, nowadays, Gene would be powerful enough to like be one of the front runners to go up against Thanos. But right, yeah. So um, while not all inclusive, I did really enjoy kind of this guy father council. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of giving equal weight to all the different cultural gods and stuff like that. I thought that was really neat. Right, and that was actually something that. Um, uh, what's his name that was writing Thor at the time? Um, the Falco? Was it, right. He was actually including a lot of other mythologies in there, like the, mm-hmm. the Celtic gods and stuff like that. So that actually ties in really well with what was going on in Thor's title. So yeah, you got to well, give Starlin major credit for this. Right. No, this was pretty awesome. And a great way to get them out of, get them out of the way. Right. You know, like, you know, it's like, okay, well, they're all in Asgard meeting. Well, let's have the wave hit and Asgard now is separated and they can't get there. Well, now they're trapped together. Although they were a little too understanding about it. I mean, the way these guys usually go, they should have started you know, <laughs> right. beating each other up for it. Right. <laughs> They're not known for their patience and understanding normally. Right. Um, how about those panels of Silver Surfer waking up and Doom, like his eyes kind of coming in out of the black? That's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It looks like Doom's like hovering right over him. Right. Just... Are you awake yet? You awake yeah. yet? <laughs> Hello, Dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know those mini marvels, those cartoons they used to do. 
I'm just imagining like mini Marvel Doom sitting on the surface oh, chest yeah. poking at him. <laughs> yeah, superhero squad. Yeah. Yeah, right. something like that. Oh yeah. The the guy who did the voice of Thanos was the same guy that did the voice of Pete the Cat on the on Mickey Mouse Playhouse, by the way. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, because I had a toddler at the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of awesome, that that splash page of Naked Adam and Pip the Troll is a gorgeous page. Oh, yeah, I love that. He just like shows up up there. He's like, yo, chill. Yeah. <laughs> right. He has oh. the best hair. His hair is so yeah. gloriously 70s still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this action figure yeah. here. I no, guess no. like G.I. Joe, He-Man, anybody you want. Like, it's it's like perfect a perfect action figure here. Like, he has fair hair. He does. I was gonna say he has like a like a punch from Chips Amigo doll hair, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that that little Pip just hanging out there is like, what's yeah. up? Right. It's hard to make Pip look kind of badass, but he actually Pip actually does look kind of badass there. Yeah, he yeah. does. And this, by the way, a little fun thing of as Marvel's timeline goes on further and further as they. You know, things change because right here it says, you know, they talk about Adam and says a man who's supposedly to have been killed nearly a decade ago while battling Thanos. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, because that was over a decade ago. So now here it's ne- nearly a decade ago. I mean, nowadays they would have said, you know, six Last months after week. Adam died, he came back to the fight in the Infinity Gauntlet affair. Pretty right. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I of- want a series of, of characters that don't age taking place in real time from the 1960s on. But. <laughs> that, oh yeah, but it, it's just kind of fun to read through Marvel as you see how their timeline gets, you know, stretched in further and further. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so then Wolverine shows up in a pretty great scene where he saves that lady and her kid from the falling building. And he's like, "It remains to be seen if I did you in your real favor." <laughs> Classic Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's a. That's that's a really good shot too of just just the destroyed city in the background. Yes. In that that triangular building in New York that I should know mm-hmm. the name of but I don't. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Those Iron Man pages are great. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, every I, everything really just feels really down to earth not the right way to say it but i don't know it just, it just yeah yeah it really just pulls you into how impactful something like this can be you know and it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of massive destruction but it feels like an important part of the story and like a regretful part of the story versus just your typical superhero cataclysm yeah everyone dies but oh you know it's just kind of in the background. Like, I think this issue really kind of brings it to the foreground and says, no, it's it. It's a big deal that half the earth disappeared. It's not, you know, just background scenes of destruction. Like it's, it's a core part of the story. So I, I thought it was a really nice move by Starlin. Yeah. They include right. a couple pages, you know, several pages showing that stuff. Like, and, and I think it's next issue or the issue after with black widow in the burning building. Right. 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 Um, I like the fact that, you know, Eric Masterson is having to, like, pretend to 
you know be Thor, and so he's he thinks like a human, so he's having to pretend to talk like Thor. And when Japan gets wiped out, he's so stunned he just drops character. He doesn't say you know thou thou canst inform Thur- Fury. He's like you can tell Fury that Japan's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and just that yeah. page of him flying over just empty ocean, knowing you know you're right. like that's supposed to be a whole country, and right. it's completely gone. gone. Yeah. Like how many millions of people are dead? Right. Like oh my god. Yep. It's this unsettling in a in a yeah. in a very well written way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's not like, you know, the diner scene in Sandman unsettling, but it's 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 a it's a good unsettling. Right. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's as unsettling as that. Yeah. Honestly. Oh god. Oh. I, I have yeah. now in my head I have the the knives going to the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Ah. Okay. Damn you, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> all right al i think it's your turn buddy all right, all right. Real, real fast segue. Yes. yeah dr strange 32 clea returns to check on dr strange and join the fight and then um i'm actually going to take us into silver surfer 52 a little bit okay. um so this of course is written by ron martz taking over from jim starlin now that starlin has started Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Ron Lim, the penciler, Tom Christopher, the inker, Ken Brusniak, the letterer, Tom Vincent, the colorist. We have a pretty awesome cover by Ron Lim of Fire Lord and Drax fighting each other. And um, so basically we get a recap of events from this far from of the Infinity Gauntlet from Fire Lord's point of view. That's kind of what this issue mostly does. Um Drax wants to blame Fire Lord for the disappearance of Mentor and Eros when he tries to get data from Isaac, the Saturnian supercomputer. Um, however, he flaunts computer science, <laughs> and Drax is still dumb at this point. So they get a smart kid who lost his parents to help them, which I thought was really – it's a really touching scene. Um, as the Isaac server closet, they see a video of Silver Surfer number 50. Um, Fire Lord and Drax disagree over who won the Surfer Thanos fight, so they fight to see who's right. <laughs> uh, Drax goes on a rampage until he nearly hurts the boy Tycho, and then he breaks down, lamenting his outburst and regretting his lack of intelligence. Um, still not in agreement, but somewhat on the same page, Fire Lord and Drax head to Earth to find the Silver Surfer, and there they are greeted at the Sanctum Sanctorum by our gathered heroes, which includes Wolverine. Yay. So, yeah. Yep. So I, I gave that five out of six claws. Uh, the only thing I thought was weird is Nova's in the wrong costume. Because- yeah. Um, I kind of regret that we're not going to talk about issue 54, Silver Surfer, in this one, because that's when it shows... The oh, we death. are, or I am. Oh, we are. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I was going to say there are some some notable discrepancies in that one. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I have to say about this one, it always struck me as weird. Like something to think about is these are Eternals. Like, how many kids are going to be there? I mean, these people live for like oh, true, well, eternally. <laughs> you know, I it's not like they're alien planet where they just have kids all the time. Like. You know, for all I knew, like up until this reading this issue back then, like you know, I'm thinking of realizing it, like Star Fox could have been the youngest one, and he, you know, he still could have been like you know, thirty thousand years old. It's weird that kid has Star Fox hair too. 
That's the trend there. Well, apparently, Star Fox's name is erotic, so <laughs> I'm sure he has lots of little sires running around uh, Saturn. But I do uh, like how Drax is treat is used there, not just as comedy, mm-hmm. but right. You know, yeah, he's a very... he's a man who went through intense trauma. I mean, his he was his brain was destroyed. That's how he died, right? By his daughter, and now he's brought back, but you know he's damaged, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a small panel, so it's kind of maybe you can glance over it and miss it, but the panel of him like really like just going to tears after he realizes kind of what he almost did. It, it was, I thought it was very touching. I thought this was a very well written issue. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. Um, I've never liked this version of Drax much, but there are he does have some really good moments, and like when when you're smart enough to know you're not smart at all is, is really tragic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also, I mean, it probably served the fo- purpose of giving the dumb green Hulk in the universe at the time when the Hulk was not dumb. Right. Right. Yeah. So you could still do those type of stories, just use Drax. Yeah. All right. Well, and then right. in, in 53, a Kree coup uses a fake Silver Surfer to assassinate the Emperor and consolidate power. And a story that doesn't really pay off. <laughs> but but it's there. So now, Infinity Gauntlet number three, Al? Yep, Preparations for War. Written by Jim Starlin, pencils George Perez, ink, inker Joe Rubenstein, colors by Christy Scheel and Ian Lawton, letters Jack Morelli, cover George Perez, Nick Fury is told that the recent cosmic wave that shook Earth has knocked it out of orbit, and the planet is headed for destruction. As Earth's heroes try to contain the chaos, Adam Warlock gathers his forces for the ultimate battle against Thanos. Even Doctor Doom agrees to join the fray. Warlock then consults with the greatest cosmic beings in the universe and includes them in his plan. Tired of being spurned by death, Thanos creates an ideal lover for himself, Taraxia. With all the pieces in place... Earth's heroes are sent to the other side of the universe to engage Thanos in final battle. And this is now the Wolverine-centric synopsis. Wolverine is teleported by Doctor Strange to help in the battle <laughs> and bums a light off of Pip. Later on, <laughs> so do I. Later on, while waiting for the plans to be made, he heads up to the roof for a bit of male bonding with the Hulk. Adam Warlock heads up there to let them know that if either of them has the shot, he wants them to take out Thanos. All right, that's it. Yeah, so um, we talked about on issue one, Perez doing lots of characters and it's still looking really good and not too crowded. I don't think he really accomplishes that on number three. <laughs> Probably my least favorite cover of the bunch. Um, it's not yeah, Cap's, fa- Cap's making a wonky face on that one. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's, weird. it's the most... Ah! <laughs> it's basically the Secret Wars one cover. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is, huh? Okay, I didn't think about that. I mean, it's not exact positioning, like, you know, homage, right. but, I mean, no. it's very much like that cover. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Okay, yeah, all right. But I do like Pip hanging off the surfer's board. Yes, I was just looking at that, actually. Like, Why am I here? <laughs> How um, about that I, title page? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, you have right. another comment about the cover, Grant? I'm sorry. No, not the cover, but I was just say this... Not that it's a bad issue, it's just this issue doesn't feel necessary. 
you know, I feel like that everything that was done in this issue probably could have been spread out over one and two. Um, I don't know. It just feels like we want this to be a six-issue miniseries, and so they added just some extra pathos and, you know, the, the gathering of the team and all that. Right. But, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that, yeah. that's me. I could be wrong. but I do like the Black Widow pages in here. Yeah, yeah I think there's some great character moments. Um, and, of course, you get the introduction at the Cosmic Council and all that. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, and <laughs> Thanos spelling his name out of planets. I mean, that's that's pretty necessary. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, killing the population of all those planets just for his own ego. Right, right. But don't get that cosmic page of all those cosmic characters. Yeah, it's pretty pretty great. That is, cool. I like that. Well, um, I never understood why Thanos named his girlfriend that he created Teraxia. Yeah, I mean, like because he doesn't look anything like Terax. Um, <laughs> she just looks like Thanosia. I'm like, all right, uh, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess that was a little too obvious. I mean, she looks like you know female me. Right. Which is, which in and of itself is really creepy, and right. I think it's at this point where we start getting that Infinity Gauntlet is really just about white male entitlement or purple male entitlement. Um, <laughs> I did this for you. Now be my girlfriend. No, seriously, I did this for you. Be my girlfriend. Right. Oh, what well, did fine. I say? You won't be my girlfriend. I'm going to go get. You know. <laughs> I'm going to make my own. Right. Yeah. And I'm she's perfect, go. and she's everything that does everything I want. Right. Why don't you love me? Exactly. Yeah. Well, right. It's like I said in that other recording. He is I'm basically not... at this point still. This is incel rage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got watch you a really nice dinner, Death. I killed half of everybody. <laughs> right. I, I, I at least get a kiss on the cheek, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the page. Like I guess kind of the 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 faux Kirby crackle behind the page of a. Uh, where Wolverine comes in through the portal and Nova's in his right costume and Namor like swims through the portal. Like some of the water comes with them. <laughs> it's really, it's a really nice page. Um, and then of course, Al talked about the, uh, Wolverine bumming a light off a of pip is pretty fantastic. That is um, such a beautiful little, uh, a detail that, uh, I mean, for the most part, the prize added. I mean, for the most part, the people are just standing there. Although you see Thor and Namor shaking hands, mm-hmm. right? But I do like when he does when Prez, he does that a lot. Sometimes, like he'll have like people interacting in certain ways, right? But also, by catching a smoke, Wolverine is able to casually ignore Cyclops. So, who right. <laughs> is in his period correct costume as well, which he wasn't yeah. in that issue of Silver Surfer. Yeah, though. Drew drew the tie-ins. He must have drawn those months before it came out what was going to go on here. Because there's a lot of just little artistic... The story is the same, but there's little artistic discrepancies. Right. Oh, and there's a... Toxic Avenger poster on the bottom. That's exactly what I was about to say, (laughs) the Toxic Avengers. That had to have been for Toxic Avenger 3 as well, which came out in 19... No. Dude, that came out in 1990. Never mind. When did Marvel have the right have the Toxic Avenger comic? 1990. Uh, yeah, okay. right around a little before this. Yeah. All right. Um, now that explosion 
Uh, it does look like uh, Hulk has optic blast powers. That's true. <laughs> Stupid building in Hulk's way. Right. <laughs> but no, I um, I like that Wolverine gets to talk tough to Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Like he's the first person to be like, "Not a chance, Doom." Though his cow looks really weird on that page. Um, it's like twisting, it's bending back forward. Yeah. Right. Right. Because. Because that's yeah. easy to do. You almost have to intentionally make it not Batman. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, um, you hit Moon Knight and kind of shows up for a second. Um, I exist. Right? <laughs> Stephen Platt I mean, hasn't do. started doing my artwork, so no one cares yet. But I exist. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that, but his er, the earlier, like, Sienkiewicz artwork mm-hmm. kills. Oh, yeah. Oh you know, yeah, those, but those stories are like, eh, but the, that art kills. Well, yeah, but at um, this time period, right, his right. title was just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, no, and it was pretty bad. Because um, <laughs> I read some of the story that's the precursor to like the Round Robin uh, crossover and Spider Man. It's it's rough stuff. Um, yeah, those are so, that that is a story arc that is full of dad jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. every one liner that they that the. Good guys and the bad guys throw at each other. It's just a series of Al Milgram one one uh, one liner dad jokes. It's like, oh Al, not you, Al, the other Al. What? Right, <laughs> right. What I knew. Um, of course, this, you gotta love the stranger's mustache. Um, as you're saying, Grant, this middle section with is a lot of talky talky. Right. Um, so, I, I see what you mean from that perspective. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of sort of rehashing, you know, I, I think that the part of, you know, getting the band together, that's pretty neat. But, you know, the just the tragedy on Earth, that's that's already been done and it probably could have been added in at the end of issue two, maybe. I don't know. There was one panel, I was there's one page I'm trying to find, I forget where it was, but it's where Cap and Silver Surfer are, sta- are standing on either side of Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange is opening portals and... It's kind of like you have mirror images of Silver Surfer and Cap, which I thought was really neat because they're kind of like the stereotypically the most noble characters of their various subgenre of superhero. So I thought that was was kind of cool. I can't find it now, but oh well. Uh, I'm trying to look for it too. Now that you say that, uh, yeah, I'm looking too. I've seen the one where I'm kind of flanking him with a big eye, but they're pretty small in that one. I mean, I see the first the first one right when Iron Man and Spider Man show up, and it's Cap and Adam flanking yeah. Strange. Yeah, well, I can't find it now. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Moving on. All right, we get a, a obligatory Spider Man upside down panel. Um, <laughs> Uh, I love that everyone's kind of mad at Doctor Doom again. Um, Still, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think it's like, funny oh. when Scarlet Witch steps through the portal and she's kind of greeting the Vision. She apparently forgot to wear her pink unitard under her red bathing suit again. What? <laughs> okay, on page twelve, Scarlet Witch is coming through the portal, wow. and like, and her and Vision are kind of reuniting. And oh, yeah, one thing that I joke color. about a lot in Man Out of Time is that back in the early seventies, colorist would forget to put her her pink unitard under her under her red leotard. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's not. She's not wearing it in that panel, color-wise. Well, it looks like just a bathing suit, as opposed to right. right. Yeah. A bathing suit over a full body stocking, basically. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Coloring snafus. Um. Uh, yeah. So, definitely want to talk about it a little bit since we are on the podcast of Ghost Nick. I really enjoy the uh, rooftop scene with Wolverine and Hulk. Um, yeah, it's kind of putting their cards out on the table, kind of burying the hatchet a little bit. Um, yeah. I I like the way they they act. I like the way they interact. It's like, you get to know somebody pretty well when you fight them a lot. You know what? Kind of like you, Shorty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, but right before, a few pages before that, by the way, I, I, one of the little bits I like is Iron Man and Doom. You're planning on grabbing whatever you can out of this mess and the blaze of the rest of humanity. That is my way. (laughs) (laughs) And Cap's like, "Uh uh-oh, I better jump in here. He's like lunging at Dr. Doom. (laughs) And Cyclops is like, should I get up? (laughs) They're like, Doom. Doom's like, yeah, your point. Right. And? Oh, and also. I love that Thor restrains him by putting Mjolnir across his chest. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Right. Uh, but you now, by the way, I like vi- the the page of Vision and She-Hulk as Vision is going through like Avengers files, and you can see like past Avengers in there. Like there's Two Gun Kid, and there's the Wizard, and Doc Samson. But then you're also seeing him look at things relating to this, like there's Captain Marvel and other wow. like cosmic events. You got Mantis, right. you know, for the whole Celestial Madonna. You got Thanos, uh, little Thanos. You got the Beyonder. It's yeah. like Vision's kind of scanning all of these other, like it's almost like you can almost. Think of like Vision as a computer mind scanning through all these other cosmic events they've been involved with. That's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's see. Anything yeah. I can learn from Celestial Madonna Affair? Anything from Beyonder? Anything from this? Right. And the ever important to the cosmic balance Snowbird from Alpha Flight. Of course. <laughs> like, which one of these little off panels doesn't belong? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> well, I, I would put maybe Two Gun Kid more than Snowbird. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like Two Gun Kid, but you know. Yeah. Oh, so Polk, yeah. and then of course Adam's like, "I want you guys. I like this. You want us to sanction Thanos?" It's like, "Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to call it. Just kill him." Right. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's cool too because uh, it kind of plays too well. All right. So I like, and we're we're getting to a point in my podcast, and and I want to say this carefully because I know I have lots of different fans who have lots of different perspectives on Wolverine. Um. I like when he is a hero who has a little bit of darkness, but is still like a really overall, you know, decent person. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this this treats it that way. Where Warlock's like, I know you're willing to kill. If it comes to that, I hope you're ready. But it's in a scene where also he and Hulk just had a touching moment. So it's not right. like, oh, Wolverine, I'm going to slice and kill everybody. You know, it's just, I don't know. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. No, I, I like that better. The, what was it? It's a line from way back in X-Men. I think it might be like 140 or 141, the issue with like him and Nightcrawler with Wendigo, where he's like, if somebody comes at me you know, with just fists, then I'll fight them with fists. Right. But once they start getting you know, dangerous weapons or threaten somebody seriously, then the claws come out. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm not going to use the claws for every, for every occasion. Right, and you know we're getting to the part in the '90s where that's going to probably be ignored a lot. <laughs> As I start going through some of some of the later '90s on my flashback episodes, which is kind of 
Slice and dice everybody. Yeah. Um, Let's kill everyone in the world. Yay. Right. But um, but I do love the color work on that next page where he does. I know Taraxi is kind of dumb, but that page where he creates her and we get like the gems lighting up. Yeah. And it's a different lineup. It's not like the lines. It's like they really are glowing, like almost like a like a Voltron type thing of <laughs> them coming right. together and then Traxian she looks so happy she's just dancing right. yeah well like, that's all like, she exists for right like, I like the fact that Taraxi is dumb because it just shows how gross of a person Thanos is you know forget you know right. universal mass murder he's just a gross dude it's like well I can't get the the lady that I've been in love with for my entire life so I'm gonna make this skank I guess <laughs> Right. Well, just a, a vapid, kind of mindless, right? Um, pretty by Thanos standards, right? Arm I mean, candy girl, yeah. Yeah, right. No, agreed. I mean, but that's the point. That is, at least at the time, that's who Thanos was. I mean, like we right. said in that other episode, before they kind of made that thing where death now made him. And then it's like, it, you know, takes away from takes away from this a little bit when the other, when she is, you know, makes him do that. I right. prefer when it was just him having an obsession because he had an obsession. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to he has an obsession because she created that obsession. I'm not as big a fan of that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But, but that's just me. All right. But then, yep. Uh, so they head out for the battle. Pip's job is to be the starter. He's got the stopwatch <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Ready, set, go. And that's pretty much what he says. And then yeah. our, I like the silhouetted heroes there as they they jump into the battle. Yeah. But then you you get the the twist though, where Adam Wallace like, well, I know they're not going to win. Yeah. They're the sacrificial so. lambs, and um. Yeah. So that's. I, I will say as I was reading through this, I didn't really see that coming. So I, I thought that was an interesting twist for me um you know War- warlock putting the ultimate goal above everything i think that makes sense especially you know now that i'm actually kind of reading some of the stuff i've listened to you talk about before al um with his early appearances you know kind of the, trying to figure out his place in the cosmic balance um it's, it's it's interesting kind of how calculated it was yeah, well, remember, he doesn't really have much of a socialization. Even Doom was more socialized as a child than he was. Right. Yeah. That was always was something only like, I like about Adam, where he's, like, kind of outside of, like, order and chaos and good and evil. He's kind of like right. the center point balance, which I thought was really always really neat. Yeah. I always like that. But yeah, no, so like when, at- they, when they leaned on them, Thanos' Sky Temple, Wolverine's kind of like hanging off the little edge of that. <laughs> right. I don't know if I he's know, falling or if his arms open. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to tell. <laughs> Him and the Hulk, they just kind of like didn't land on, on the ground. They're like, oh, crap, we can't fly. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, well, anything else on number three? I think no. that's it for me. All right. Well, Silver Surfer 54. I want to talk about that one for a minute. Um, this is Cages um, by pretty much the same creative team as 52. Um, we have a Ron Lamb cover that has the Rhino and Silver Surfer in an awesome little 
tete-a-tete. Um, and then across the bottom, we have our Infinity Gauntlet heroes, uh, Wolverine, Thor, Warlock, Doctor Strange, Pip, Nova, Cap, and Iron Man. Um, it's a pretty great cover. I like it quite a bit. Um, and the bottom part, I don't nece- think necessarily needed to be there. But the Rhino Silver Surfer part, it's pretty rad. Um, so basically, Silver Surfer just wants a distraction before the heroes including half of Wolverine's face, uh, go to confront Thanos. Um, he finds Rhino over whether it's okay to free animals from the zoo or not. Um, <laughs> really, really good art. Really, really great fight between the Silver Surfer and Rhino. Uh, thought a little mixed on the message. <laughs> you know, they kind of end up with the animals have to, like the, the philosophy is the animals have to be in the zoo. Uh, which I thought was kind of weird and not quite to my taste. But um, I thought overall is a pretty good issue. Uh, did you guys shall read this one? Yes. Yeah, I've read it before. Um, it's okay. Um, I yeah. like the rhino. The rhino is one of my favorite characters. I, um, like he was in that uh, the issue of Captain America, that arc of Captain America I did for the Halloween special where he fights Captain America in the dark and Cap punches him in the face and says, Got your nose! <laughs> And then uh, what is going on with him in the current Miles Morales series or what was going yeah. on with him, I think is great. I, I love his kind of redemption arc. I think is he's he's a great character, but I'm not a huge fan of this issue. It's kind of weird. Um, the art's yeah. really good. I, I, yeah. I like it a lot. I know you mentioned not being a huge fan of Ron Lim, but I love his surfer. Um, I like Ron Ron Lim, when he's really focused on the art, sometimes his art gets kind of loose. Yes. Especially his cap stuff. His his art gets real wonky. But when he's really trying, I I like it. But it comes and goes. Yeah, I like him better on Surfer than when he he did Cap. Yeah, for sure. And and both of those are way better than his... uh, Some of his random fill-in work, like Excalibur. (laughs) Which was pretty sloppy. Um I actually had an issue of Conan in the early '90s where he did a fill-in, which is pretty. Oh, really? Cool. He played like he, he drew like a teenage Conan story. Wow! All right. So, when do you think of this one, Al? It was all right. I mean, yeah, it's a weird mixed message. I mean, I could, I can kind of see the point. It's like, yeah, it's one thing you want to release the animals, but a, they're just going to be attacked. You know, humans are just going to kill them or try to. But also, it's like you're not really releasing them in a habitat that is really meant for them. Right. You know, I mean. It's like it's not like you know rhinos taking them somewhere that's safe. It's not like you know the rhinos are like you know blocking off the whole area and releasing them from their cages so they can live freely there. It's just kind of like let them go and hope it works out. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. But he brings back the tiger, so I like that. Yeah, because the yeah. rhino was very upset about that, and that that's fine. I mean, you don't want to make every villain a good guy, but I mean every villain has their own motivation and lines, and I do like the fact that the rhino, you know empathize with them because of his time in prison he's like you know i just thought they deserved to be free you know right. they deserve to die, die free and i like that very good all right well i gave this one uh mostly for the art i gave it four out of six claws um and you have another issue that i did not tell you guys about because i didn't know it's not in any of the reading list but uh, dr strange 33 does have a wolverine panel so i'm gonna hit it real quick um this is written by Roy and Dan Thomas, 
uh, art by Chris Marinan from Wonder Woman fame that I know. Uh, McKenna and Friends on Inker. Pat Rousseau is the letterer and George Rousseau as the colorist. Um, we have a co- cover by Marin. Min- Min- no, sorry, this cover is by McKenna. No, it is by. Anyway. Um, covered <laughs> <laughs> by somebody. We- yeah, and we have Thanos overlooking a magic mirror where Clea and Doctor Strange get sucked into ancient Egypt. And um, this is a pretty... I've been somewhat enjoying this uh, Thomas revival, 90s Doctor Strange. This issue is kind of terrible. Um, mm-hmm. So Pip the Troll and Doctor Strange check in on our hero's assault on Thanos, including, of course, Wolverine. Um, Thanos freezes our heroes to go after Doctor Strange. Thanos sends Strange and Clea spiraling back in time, but Strange is able to magic his way out, landing in ancient Egypt, where he finds a magic scroll with a spell to get back home. Um, the art's not bad, but the story feels really, really pointless. And, you know, kind of my just personal philosophy. It's okay to have story with no consequences, where you end up exactly where you start. But if the stakes are that low, then you need to outbalance that by having the fun factor be really high, and this one did not. <laughs> so it was low stakes and kind of a chore to read, and so I, I gave this two out of six claws. Gotcha. In my head, and I know it would never, obviously it should not be happening, but in my head, anytime I hear, goes back to ancient Egypt, and especially involves magic, my first thought is, well, where was Dr. Fate? Oh, see, I'm where I'm where's roller skating Iron Man. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Silver Surfer 55 and 56 is basically the universe according to Thanos. Silver gets a vision of what happens when Thanos brutally defeats the heroes, but it's all an illusion. Um, he wants the Surfer to write his Bible, his Thanos Bible, and he begins to create life so there will always be more death. Um I want to come with quick highlights. Uh, Wolverine's corpse is stuck claw first in a wall. Um, Statue of Liberty has Thanos' face on it, which I thought was quite funny. And um, But all this unfortunately backfires and inspires the surfer to fight harder with Warlock once he gets back to reality. Okay. Hmm. See, I don't think I read that. I, I flipped through that, and I didn't realize it was all supposed to be an illusion. I was like, oh, oh. Well, somebody got their wires crossed as to how the actual death scenes went. Oh, so gotcha. That was, that's where I was coming up with my, my theory. It was like, well, maybe those issues got written and penciled months before the actual miniseries. I didn't realize it was supposed to just be a, a mind trick. Yeah. So that's, oh. that's cool. I feel a little better about that now. Because <laughs> I like Ron Mars, and I don't want to feel like he did anything bad. Right. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to take us to number four. Um, or as I put it, here's how everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> I should I should let I should preface this issue really upset me when I was a kid. By a kid, I mean like a seventeen year old. This issue really upset me. Like I had to go put it in the freezer and pretend not to think about it for a minute. <laughs> right next to Little Women in The Shining. Exactly. Thank you for getting that reference. Thank you. Um, Yep. So it opens with um, Thor and Fire Lord and Namor and Iron Man, uh, all the heavy hitters, uh, going after Thanos, but he stops time. And he's pretty much talking about how he's just going to wipe everybody out with a snap. But Mephisto says, well, hang on. You have wiped out half the universe. You still haven't impressed death. What if you 
engage in a fist fight because that's what girls like is when you get in a fist fight. So he says, well, hey, boss, look, just use the power gem. And Thanos goes, okay, I'm just going to use the power gem. So he unsnaps time. Um, uh, Hulk and Drax attack first, and they're doing a halfway decent job until Drax gets punched out into space. And Thanos turns giant size and starts just smashing around. The Hulk gets away. Uh, the Vision attacks, but it doesn't really do much. Namor and the She-Hulk and She-Hulk attack. They get. I don't. I don't know if they're supposed to be turning into fungus, or if that's rock growing around them. But they're taken out of the fight by just getting turned into big gray blobs. So, um, Doctor, let's see. Thor hits Thanos real hard with Mjolnir, knocks him down. Doctor Doom runs and tries to grab the gauntlet. That doesn't go well for him at all, and he pretty much gets burned to death. Uh, no, he's he's still alive. He's but he's not doing her well. Uh, Thor throws Mjolnir again, but then Mjolnir gets zapped out into space, which feels like a cheat um, because he's not supposed to be using the space gem. He's just supposed to be using the power gem. Well, but not exactly. Just, yeah, okay. he says he's just he's just cutting himself off from all sensory input. He has all the powers. He just doesn't know. He just is not getting told uh, everything. So he wouldn't know like ahead of time what they're doing or planning, or okay. you know, if someone's behind him if he doesn't see it. Okay, I misread that. Okay, thanks. That's okay. But that's why so I said that... he only had. He's giving them a point oh five percent chance of victory. <laughs> right. Talk about a douche. Right. So that's <laughs> not going. That's not going to go well for for Eric Masterson. Um, Wolverine jumps in and double stabs Thanos in the chest. But then he gets like a massive power overload and his bones get turned to jelly, which is not great. Um, the Scarlet Witch and Cyclops attack from both ends. Um, but it looks like, okay, so he blasts uh, Scarlet Witch to death, it looks like. And then, uh, let's see, he's about to kill Cyclops. Oh, he puts a cube around Cyclops' head that contains his optic blast. And uh, Cyclops is going to suffocate to death. He punches the Vision in the chest and rips out all his guts. Uh, Thor turns back to Eric Masterson and starts to suffocate. Uh, Cyclops is definitely dead. Um, Cloak pops up and pulls um, Thanos into the Shadow Dimension, but that doesn't go well. We see Taraxia starting to rip Iron Man's head off. (laughs) <laughs> which upset me as a kid. Uh, let's see. Let's see, fight, fight, fight. Okay, so Eric finds Mjolnir and grabs it again. Yay, he's not dead. Fire Lord and Drax get sent back to the prehistoric past. So they got off easy. Uh, we <laughs> we see Taraxia playing with Iron Man's decapitated head. At first I was like, oh, well, that's just his helmet. But then if you look real closely, you can actually see blood yeah. out a lot of it. Uh-huh. Gross. <laughs> Uh, let's see, fight, fight, fight. Uh, Thor gets turned to glass. Uh, Taraxia beats Spider-Man to death with a rock. Um, Nova gets turned into a bunch of cubes and stomped to death. Uh, Quasar gets his hands blasted off, which I'll come back and talk about in a little bit. And then he gets, I guess, blasted to death. And then we get one of the greatest scenes of comic books of all time, where Captain America just walks up to Thanos and says, no, which is great. Um, until, of course, the rock beneath Cap's feet comes alive, grabs his ankles. Uh, Thanos shatters Cap's shield with two blows, and uh, 
he almost is about to punch Cap to death, but then the Silver Surfer races in and he tries to grab the gauntlet, but he misses, which feels like one of the most anticlimactic things ever. <laughs> <laughs> Cap just gets backhanded. So I, I don't know. I'm going to assume maybe Cap's not dead. I don't know. But then um, that's when Warlock says, oh, here come the big boys. And there's the the uh, Council of Cosmic Badasses getting ready to take on Thanos in the next issue. Because I'm a horrible synopsizer. No, that was great. Um, that was good. So, so we've I got, lo- so we got like a Celestial, the, the Stranger, uh, Order and Chaos, another Celestial. I don't know who that guy is in the middle. Uh, I forgot about love and hate. I forgot yeah. that was a thing. Yeah, they're terrible. Uh, Galactus and then the Watcher in the background. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure who the guy <laughs> is supposed to be in the middle. Hold on, think that page. Maybe Chronos. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, that's Mentor's uh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. That. Uh, hold on. I'm almost there. I'm skimming through. <laughs> Last page. Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy who looks like a. It's either him. Is the in betweener? No, the in betweener's on this. So this is Coronas, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that looks like the kind of thing, like oh, yeah, the guy time, made out of space. Yeah, time guy, I guess maybe. Yeah, you so, got two, Yeah, you got love and hate. Hate actually first appears here. Oh. Okay. Actually, oh. issue three. That's hate. Issue three is hate's first appearance. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Love first appeared in Defenders one hundred and seven, but hate did not appear until Gauntlet number three. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, she got the watcher hanging around, which I meant to talk about, and I forgot. In issue three, when he's like giving his little spiel, he's kind of want to grab him by his big head and be like, "The one time, the one time you don't interfere is this time." Yep. <laughs> well, and he still does interfere. He shows up right before everyone shows up. So Thanos, even if he didn't have the gauntlet, would know. Oh, everyone's coming. People are going to come by now. I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, the watcher like, party. Good. Good job, Iwaju. Great job. <laughs> you know, can't you observe, you know, quietly, you know, invisibly yeah. from yeah. the moon? Do you have to be right there in front of him? Like, oh, people are going to show up now. Great. Company's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, good job. Yeah. So uh, do you want to mention that this is the the issue where we start to get the art change? Uh, Ron Lim joins George Perez on the pencils. Um I think it's pretty obvious to tell when that starts happening. Um, right. But, um, man, I love this cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thanos is kind of standing in this. space. Oh, did you really? That's awesome. Uh-huh. I wanted yeah, to I remember, like, the, remember the, like, the circa 1991 Marvel issues, and you could, like, mail off for a T-shirt? Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it, it had, like, the Captain America, like, jumping from that issue of Uncanny. I got oh. that, and I got, and I got this. And that, that oh, was the one yeah. where Wolverine was cutting through the, your shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. It was like, you know, it's the the splash page uh, of Madripoor Knights where, like, Cap's getting ready to, like, jump down on all the hand ninjas. It's just oh, right, Cap, right, right, though, right. without yeah. any of the background stuff. And then there's, like, yeah. some red, like, inky stripes. But Yeah, but there's also a Wolverine shirt where he, like, it's like a picture of him cutting through the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's coming oh, yeah. out, like, That's coming out of yeah. your belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, yeah, I remember this one, issue four cover, and I think issue three also had its the cover had a shirt as well. Right. Oh, okay. But yeah. definitely issue four. I wanted this one. Thanos was like, "Come and get Two me." Two shirts I never wore to high school. This <laughs> <laughs> is before comics were okay. 
I'll just work at my grandma's house. Fine. Right. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I love all these issues. I love this one especially. Um, It's It's very – It's dark. It's it's hard to talk about because you you talk about events in comics nowadays – and kind of maybe sometimes it misses the weight. Mm-hmm. This issue, you can re- like the despair as a reader is palpable. Yeah, like if you didn't know the outcome of this, you'd be really, really worried. Like because mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels, like, it just feels like a loss of hope. Like it right. just, I don't know. It, yeah, it, like most stories, when it gets this this big of a body count, it's some kind of broken reality story like age of apocalypse or age of ultron where you know it's going to get undone by the end so it doesn't really count but man this you know and i'm sure everybody knew it was wasn't going to stay but man it felt like it right Uh, at the time i think you might have wondered because he didn't do these things five thousand times already so you didn't know what was going to change and what wasn't going to change right you know, I mean, there was still, granted, you know, I was younger, I was about the same, like, 17, but, like, Death of Superman, where I was like, is he actually going to be dead? Right, right, yeah. yeah. This kind of has that same feel to me, that, because that's another story where, because I actually read, you know, read that when it came out, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then you followed up with months and months of not really knowing how it's going to be resolved, yeah. and you really yeah, those, like... like Wow! Like my naive self thought he was really dead. Like when Cyborg Superman showed up, it's like, wow, he's really a cyborg now. <laughs> yeah, because not only did you have the death, but you had like two months of the funeral, and then like no issues for like three or four months. Yeah, like nothing. And then it's like, and then they come back with these other ones. It's like, oh my god, is this what they're doing now? They're just replacing him? Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, Reign of Superman was what brought me back into DC for a while. That's nice. a great story. It yeah. really is. I reread that again. Two years ago, I think. Really, really loved it. Um, so I love on the first page we had this assault of the heroes and then just a big close-up of Thanos smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, then the next page, he just stops Mjolnir with his hand. Like, that's like, tink. freaking yeah. awesome. Um, I also love that with our heroes, like, it's Cap leading the assault. Like, I <laughs> love that. I think that's Exactly how it should be. <laughs> like yeah, he's, for sure. He's a hero among heroes. Um, and I just really, really love that. Um, and of course, I love that that my guy Wolverine kind of gets to deliver the first attempt. Like he, you know, Warlock said, if you get the shot, take it. And Wolverine tries to take it, and he, yeah. and he puts all six claws into his chest. And I love that panel of them like staring at each other. Mm-hmm. That's then, really good. And then Thanos Grimace turns back into a smile as he just torments Wolverine from the inside out mm-hmm. um, very, in a very gruesome death. And hey, if either of you guys know, what, were comics, was Marvel still doing the Marvel style at this point? Because I feel like most of this series had to have been very scripted because it seems to be very much going Starlin's way. But um, I almost wonder looking at the panel with Cyclops because the word the words kind of make, make you feel like he just makes it stop. But the art almost makes it look like Thanos pushed the optic blast right back into his head. 
Like that was always my assumption. Yeah. 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 So let me see. Uh, page mm-hmm. twenty-one of the digital copy. Yeah. Um. Wait. I, I I don't have pages under. Is that the one with Iron Man at the bottom? Yeah. Yes. Yep. No. It says he he just uh, yeah he just stops doing it just to make him right. fall. Right. Like he turns it off, but it almost yeah. it almost looks like it's like withdrawing back into him. like he mm-hmm. he sent out the blast and Thanos is like no I'm gonna push this back in your head. <laughs> oh, I see that the fourth panel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. it does kind of look that way. Yeah, I, I thought that was say. really would, would have been pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I know you said it kind of scarred you, but that panel where you just kind of see Iron Man's head like bounce in the background um, yeah. <laughs> was pretty trippy. Um, I really felt bad for Eric Masterson. Like I really thought he was going to die here. Yeah, and I. I remember him dying. That's the thing. Is like as I'm flipping through synopsis, I'm like, oh, he's dead. Oh, no, he's not dead. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember. I didn't. I never remembered him picking up the hammer again. I don't know why. But uh, Starlin obviously likes the, likes using Thor or him because I mean he definitely Thor gets a lot of play in the series for a minor yeah, for, does. Uh, for as far as a minor character, but he gets a lot of play. I mean, a lot of this battle is about you know goes back to Thor. You know, struggling to get the hammer. You know, Eric try, You know, Eric showing his heroism. And also Eric showing how, you know, where the mullet comes from on Thor, because that's definitely what Eric has. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, uh, I, love, I like Vision's death scene, too. And that reminds yeah. me so much of the scene from, from the movie. Infinity War. Yeah. 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 And, this, okay, I've talked about this a billion times. So I'm going to talk about it again. When Vision dies in Infinity War and he falls down and he turns gray, that was a huge missed opportunity for them to not bring him back as the ghostly Vision from this time period. I would say true for now, depending on what they do with the WandaVision series. Oh yeah, that's true. I can't wait to see that. I, can't I mean, it depends what they where they do with that. You know, maybe that will be better. Maybe it will work. And yeah, be better that way instead of bringing him back. But for now, sure. yes. Until we see that, um, right. I also like earlier on. I like Mephisto playing his Mephisto games and yes. giving everyone a shot and playing on Thanos's ego and basic immaturity. I mean, I've said mm-hmm. this on my show before. If you start from the beginning and go on, Thanos starts out, even though he is probably thousands of years old at that point, he's friggin' immature. He's like a middle schooler <laughs> in, in uh, when he first shows up in Captain Marvel. And here he's basically still like 15 years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's, a, he's a narcissist with Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. He's a bratty fifteen-year-old who thinks he should. He thinks he's right and knows everything, and everyone's wrong, and everyone's stupid but him. Right, right. And you know, he even thinks that, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna cut myself off from sensory things. You know, it's like, well, you know, because so that'll give him a point oh five percent chance of beating me. Like right. that's gonna impress her because I'm gonna show how tough I am by beating up the people that are still weaker than me. Right. That would be like, look, I'm going to show my girlfriend how tough I am by beating up this, like, 90-pound nerd. <laughs> Where I was like, I'm going to show – or actually, I'm going to show – yeah, we're going with that, too. It's like, I'm going to show my girlfriend how tough I am by beating up these kindergartners. Exactly. I mean, there's a chance that maybe, you know, if all 12 of them jumped on me, they might be able to do something. Maybe if I tripped at the same time and, you know, decide to fall asleep. Right. So, you know, shows how tough and cool I am. So the scene of Spider-Man getting beaten to death with a rock – Dang. 
Yeah. And you see I the did enjoy him. Uh, blood on it. Oh, yeah. That was. Oh, that God, was yeah. Gross. I did enjoy him uh, webbing Thanos in the face. Right. That was a fun panel. Um, okay, so you said you want to see something about Quasar. With his yeah. Hand. So, you know, I read this, but I wasn't reading. I didn't start reading Quasar until a little after this when he gets, like, the, the somewhat cooler costume. Um, oh, well, Greg Capullo was writing right, yeah. right. And he actually says something. He says not again when he gets his hand blown off. I had no uh-huh. idea what that was about. I went back and read that earlier. It's grisly. Basically, if you guys have never read it or if the oh, listeners I, never read it, he yeah. like voluntarily lets a bad guy saw his hands off while he's awake. Yes. Yeah, to get wow. those bands off of him. And then they, they still have the, ba- hand, the bands now, but the flesh is on the inside. Right. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the, the bad guy's got all his friends kidnapped and said, if you don't let me take your bands, I'm going to kill your friends. And he says, well, you can't take my bands you know, as long as they're attached to my wrist. He's like, okay, no problem. And he pulls out this big serrated knife. And then, like, and then, like the next page is Quasar laying on this table unconscious. And you don't, and you kind of see the bloody, they don't do a lot of detail, but you see, like, the bloody stumps of, of his forearms. It's, wow. It's grisly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the cap scene. That cap scene is awesome. All right, okay. so now my, my cap voice is not as good as your Wolverine voice, Jason, but I have to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. go for it. As long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, it's um, great. I'm a huge fan of the band Anthrax, and they had a song that came out in 1990 called One Man Stands, which is about standing up against tyranny. So nice. I hear it in my head every time. Very cool. Uh, and the paneling on that, as it kind of zooms in, as Cap gets closer to Thanos, is is impeccable artwork. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so good. And then, yeah, and, um, yeah. Oh, and, you know, flash forward to, like, Age of Ultron, both comic and movie, but, yeah. but when Thanos shatters the shield, like, that's, that's a punch to the gut as a comic reader. Um, you're like, no, no, like, you can't the shield is like a, an everlasting symbol of optimism and <laughs> hope, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and, nope, I'm going to nope. smash it. And again, I love you, the fact that even after his shield gets smashed on the next page, he's standing up. Yeah, he's like, full posture, right? Like, go like, for it. Yeah. But also shows how Thanos, like I said, you know, the bully, you know, yeah. he can't just fight him. He's got to have his hand. You got to make sure he can't run away. He can't move. He can't, fight, you know, defend himself. Right. You know, those little hands come out and grab his legs. I'm like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Yep. But then yeah, that Cap, page. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, Cap is just the ultimate expression to standing up to bullies. So. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. Uh, the bottom of that page, that silver surfer art, is mm-hmm. freaking um, delicious. That is so good. And then that next page. Where you see Cap kind of grimace and then frown as you zoom in on everybody, and almost like the consternation, like he can see what Silver Surfer is doing. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But he's not. He's gonna put his poker face on and not let Thanos know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's it's great. And um, and then when Silver Surfer mit- misses, Cap throws a punch. Yeah, like in crap. The, in the, Against all odds, with no real hope of victory, he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna keep fighting anyway." Um, that one yeah. page of the cap, with like you said, the close-up on his face and everything, and you know, 
It almost makes you wonder if, even though he, this Adam didn't tell them, if Cap figured out the plan. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because that's why he's I, like, you know, he's not trying to defend himself. He's just like standing there giving Thanos the shot to like, you know, make himself be open. It's like, you know, it's almost like Cap realizes he's open. You know, there's an opening. Well, Cap, right. Cap is a brilliant strategist. Maybe it kind of dawned on him, like, what's going on here? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I lo- I love that the that the caption above Cap when he's punching Thanos says nothing remains of hope, but Cap's gonna keep fighting anyway. Mm-hmm. So great. Yep. Really, really great. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna end up giving these all the same grade, but this will be a plus. <laughs> okay. For sure. This issue was, I think, the most powerful issue of of the series. Right. Um, yeah. This is the this is the issue where Wolverine got two extra claws from Laura, right? Uh, from her, <laughs> and, between and her toes, you know, right? <laughs> Man, can you imagine what that would? And this is like I also wonder though if this is maybe where some of the inspiration came from for him to get his, for Magneto to rip out the adamantium because it's kind of a similar yeah. thing, right? Like. The adamantium kind of being twisted inside of him. Um, yeah, a little bit. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, that's like a year or two away from this, so yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we move into the finale, um, Silver Surfer fifty-seven and fifty-eight. Uh, Thanos intentionally question mark inadvertently question mark blasts Silver Surfer into a two-part vision where he must confront all of his greatest failures and forgive himself so he can be the best Silver Surfer he can be. Which seems kind of against what his overall plan might be, but that's what happens anyway. Um, (laughs) Doctor Strange 34, uh, he uses a spell to rescue Scarlet Witch and Doctor Doom, which is going to play into his overall plan of gathering the heroes. Um... Hulk 384 also has a Wolverine panel, so I'm going to go into that one real fast. Um, It is... Where are the credits? Um, Small Talk, written by Peter David, penciled by current Hulk artist Del Keown, inked by Mark Farmer, colors by Glennis Oliver, letters by Joe Rosen. And we have a very funny cover of a tiny Hulk yelling in the Abomination's ear. Uh, (laughs) Abomination looking a little bit like Groot. He's got like branches and stuff in his ears. Um, Well, yeah, that's because he got uh, toxic waste shoved in Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Thanos shrunk Hulk, didn't kill him, which I don't guess I really realized until I got to this part. Um, But he sent him home where Tiny Hulk convinces the Abomination to let his kidnapped wife go by talking in his ear as his conscience. And I gave that a four out of six claws. Great art, pretty interesting little story, but nothing too substantial. Um, Doctor Strange 35, Strange continues to collect... um, the Thanos dispersed heroes, he regrows Hulk, reconstitutes Thor, and helps pull Drax and Fire Lord back from pre three. Okay. That's gonna take us to number five. Alright, issue five, Astral Conflagration. Written by Jim Starlin, pencils Ron Lim, Inker Joe Rubenstein, colors Christy Scheel and Craig Lautlin, letters Jack Morelli, cover art by Ron Lim and George Perez. As reality crumbles around them, Thanos battles the most powerful cosmic beings in the universe and defeats them all. He then battles Eternity himself, 
defeating the ultimate power in the universe, Thanos leaves his body inert and becomes Eternity. With his body standing dormant and making the same mistake he made in Captain Marvel 33, Nebula snatches the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos' hand and has her revenge and has her revenge on her grandfather and tormentor as she takes ultimate power for herself. Thanos is banished to float in space, but gets pulled to Earth by Doctor Strange, where Warlock asks him to join the fight against Nebula. Hulk, Thor, Fire Lord, Doom, and Drax are brought in to distract her, and she is finally confronted by Doctor Strange, Thanos, Adam, and the Silver Surfer. And please note, everyone, there is no Wolverine in this issue either, because he's dead, baby. Nope, he's gone, <laughs> yeah. He, he is not one of the heroes that Doctor Strange is able to pull back, so he will be absent from the rest of the tale. <laughs> he is an ex-Wolverine at this an point. An ex-X-Man, yeah. He is no more. <laughs> so, a, a quick comment about this cover before we get into the meat of the story. So, it's by Lim and Perez, but somehow manages to look not much like either of them. <laughs> it is, yeah. I think, the weakest cover out of all. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's like maybe they might be good team, but maybe it'd be better if Lim inked Perez, maybe because right this just doesn't work too well. It, it, this is yeah, a time where the, some of the parts are weaker than the whole the the, the, the yeah the sum of, the total is weaker than the sum. Right. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. Whatever that would be. Yep. That being said, I really like Rubenstein's inks on Lim on the inside. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. Especially Mephisto, um, yeah. page four, where Mephisto is just messing with Star Fox to kill time. You get the close up, and he's got all those needle-like teeth. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. By the way, I like the first page. I am the Watcher. My job is to not watch and not interfere, except for all the times <laughs> when I do interfere. Right. Right. It's like, oh, shut up, watch. So you're always in a fear. Just you keep saying that, but you don't believe it, right? right. And no, we don't believe you anymore either. <laughs> but yeah, we got all the cosmic powers battling and just yeah. wiping out everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty intense battle. I mean, we get the pre- we get like almost a prelude to annihilation here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with annihilation in them. Yeah, I like the the panel of Adam and the surfer above that, where the surfer is going so fast that like light is blurring around them as they're going through its wake or something like they're all, they get all squiggly. Yeah. The back, the back part of them. Yeah. That's really, really neat. Um, this, this issue feels the most Starlin out of all of them. Like when you just get mind bending levels of grandeur, you know, it's so big, you can't comprehend it. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially like the fighting with the cosmic entities. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of. Yeah, you got the two celestials attacking him, which are, by the way, just so everyone knows, they are Zarian the tester. He is the one in the dark blue and the red. He's the te- he's the celestial that tests the stability of genes of the life forms they evolve. Mm-hmm. And the one in the blue and gold is the one above all. He's their leader. Oh, OK. I'm, I'm sad that they didn't have the red one whose head looks like a coffee cup. <laughs> He's my favorite. Oh, yeah, I like him. <laughs> and you got like, and above that, like little bitty, itty bitty, tiny epoch above the, uh, above the celestials there. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love and, uh, that. Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was going to say, I do like how, how they, again, like when the heroes attack, that each cosmic power does it in their own way. It's not just, you know, super blast, super blast, super blast. You know, Corona right. stubs and thumbing through time. Like when Chaos in Order, you see like Thanos' body, like half of it's becoming like almost like a digital thing, very, you know, <laughs> pixelated, while the other half is all kind of like. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, yeah. That rubbery distortion is like one of Lim's favorite things to do, I think. Because he did that like three or four times in his Silver Surfer run. <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of warped reality kind of vision thing. Um, but yeah, I love I love that Mephisto tries to take the gauntlet and can't. Almost like a, a, a fake out of what's going to happen later, but I think it works really well uh, pacing-wise. Um, it's funny the way he's positioned. Like he's like his legs are like he's like holding right? on to Thanos. His legs on him, like, <laughs> like <laughs> right. It kind of reminds me of like Spider-Man fighting the Juggernaut, where like the Juggernaut's just walking and Spider-Man's like all over him. Like maybe right. if I hit you here, how about this? <laughs> you know, maybe I give you wedgie. Nope, still not working. All right, let's see what else I can do. Tie your shoes together. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that death even turns on him. Yeah. Like, that's he, just the final thing that just puts him over the edge. Right. Uh, it, isn't hate supposed to be master hate? Uh, I, When I looked it up, it's sire hate. Mistress okay, love and sire hate. All right, so look on the panel, where, look on the splash page where he has all the cosmic entities trapped in a thing above his temple. And look at hate. Hate is, that's a, that's a lady. So, a little uh, confusing. Well, according to what I looked up, because I was looking up, because those are the ones, because like the other ones, like you talk, you know, like the Stranger and stuff, or Chaos, Order, Order and Chaos, I haven't, I fairly know, but like Love and Hate and those two Celestials, I wasn't sure who they were, so I had to look them up. Mm-hmm. And it says for both of them, while normally Hate appears as male and Love appears as female, they actually do not have a gender, and they both, depending on the situation, can appear as either. Oh, okay. Wow, that's neat. Very progressive. Yeah. So... Okay, cool. They can be either way. And, oh, yes, also one nice little thing on that page is that Thanos now is like, all right, I love me. Yeah, exactly. It's no more a shrine to dedicated death. to myself. Because I love me so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so much good artwork in this one. Yeah, as Grant alluded to, uh, the one where... Um, when Thanos becomes like one with the cosmos, mm-hmm. uh, that that full page of him has got like, the green box, and yeah. then Thanos inside it was like black and white. That looks so good. Yeah, I like um, two pages after that where Nebula makes her move for the for the gauntlet, and you have like all those where it's broken up into like a ten panel grid. Mm-hmm. And you see her get closer and closer, and then you actually she actually gets an expression on her face because she's just been this blank zombie the whole time. But she actually gets oh, this yeah. malicious look in her her one remaining eye, and she gets a little bit of a grin. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And yep. yoink. Yep. And, uh, poor and poor Taraxia. I shall miss her. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> I, maybe I should give her the ability to breathe in space. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Maybe next time. And then he just uh, kind of hang in there in space. I just kind of like that. It's like arms droop, just kind of like floating away. It's kind of like Eeyore. <laughs> He's yeah. cosmic Eeyore there. 
I <laughs> guess I'll just float here forever. But, um, yeah, really, really fun. Then they rescue him. Yeah. yeah. Heroes Adam are not too thrilled about that, but Adam's able to talk, kind of talk him into it. Mm-hmm. So Adam basically puts him in his place. He's like, this is why you lose, because you know you don't deserve to win. It's like, you, you leave yourself open. You like you did the same thing before, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. know you don't deserve. I mean... For all the all the issue all the faults he has, like we talked before, which he does, in this issue in this series, Thanos actually does mature slightly. He starts out like a 14, 15 year old, and he's like a senior graduating by this point. You know, he has a little bit more maturity by the end of this series. Right. Not a lot, but he has a bit more. Right. Yeah. Because he's actually confront. I mean, when you actually confront an ugly truth about yourself and accept it, you kind of have to. And at the end, we see that, that one of our four heroes is cloaked from Nebula. So that's interesting. And even Silver Surfer's like, two little friends? Yeah. What's like, she, what she talking what? about? I can count. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's interesting because we'll get into this in the next issue is that she does pretty much everything that Thanos does. It just feels like the low rent version. Right. Yeah, she's just like maybe. You know, not as grandiose and maybe as smart as Thanos is. I don't know, which sounds well, which sounds awful, but um, it's this is pre MCU Nebula. Now, maybe yeah. you guys have read more of the Surfer stories or stuff with Nebula. Like most of my experience of Nebula is like this, and like there was a story in Avengers like three fourteen to three seventeen where Spider Man sort of joins. Uh huh. But to me, like Nebula beforehand always felt like generic space pirate. Yeah, right. And exactly. That was yeah. pretty much it. There was really Nebula kind of just bored me. Now once, so this is like one of the times where like when they took the the movie version and made it the comic version that I'm happy with because movie version of Nebula is an interesting, fascinating, great character. Right. Right. And well, now she's killing. So yeah, well that too. But like they took <laughs> that now, so now they made Nebula that way, and I'm fine with them changing her backstory, making it the daughter instead of this, because at this time she was a possible granddaughter. Yeah. You know, like from what I remember, she is. It's an unsan- uns- uh, unsubstantiated claim. She says she is. It's right. never proven, as far as I know. Right. But so yeah, she basically was kind of that at the time. Now, if it was, if it was this, if this half was taking place now, it'd be a different story. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. she's a lot more of an interesting character, and I'm looking forward to her miniseries. Yeah, should be good. Should be good. All right, well, anything else on number five before we move into the final chapter? Nope. All right. No. So one more little sidebar. Uh, Silver Surfer 59 takes place between five and six, and basically um, not wanting to play nice with each other, Doctor Strange sends the Surfer and Thanos to have a mystic duel. Surfer actually gains the upper hand but yields to Thanos, putting the needs of the universe over his need for retribution. And that takes us right into number six. Okay. So uh, we have the confrontation with all the heroes that are still alive with Nebula. And her first act is to undo everything that Thanos did. Which, (laughs) hey, everybody's alive. The Earth isn't destroyed anymore. The the Annihilation Wave isn't coming to Earth. Everything's great. And then we kind of get, like I said, a, a redo with Nebula of everything that Thanos did. She fights... All the cosmic gods, um, she pretty much takes them all out. Um, 
Surfer and Adam are in the. Uh, am I reading this right, guys? They're in the Soul Gem, right? Yes. Okay, yes. and so yep. Adam kind of becomes one with the Soul Gem, which makes them not work together anymore. And since you only have godlike power when all the soul gems are working together, um, it's done. It doesn't work anymore. So it pretty much falls off of her hand. And Doctor Strange summons uh, Hulk and Thor and Drax, and they all beat up on Thanos. They're trying to stop him from getting the gauntlet, and they're trying to stop Nebula from getting the gauntlet. But Adam grabs it. And he says, "Let the conflict end." And uh, I love on. Page 28, you get all these different reactions of how, oh, this is the new god. What do we all think about that? And that's pretty fun. Uh, but pretty much uh, uh, Thanos gets banished off of his little um, his little space station thing by Thor. And he goes flying out into space. And uh, Doctor Strange and Thor and Silver Surfer is like, uh, I don't think it's a good idea for you to have the gauntlet either. And Adam yoinks them away somewhere, and he <laughs> yoinks Gilmore and Pip back in. And um, they go off to this nice little backwater planet, and that's where we see that Thanos has given up his usual costume and made it into a scarecrow, and he's just hanging out and being a farmer now. And Adam's like, well, we're going to just live and let live. And it ends with Thanos sitting on the steps of his uh, techno hut, thinking... That was a pretty good day. <laughs> so, yeah. well, that's the expression on his face anyway. He's like, huh, yeah. not bad. No, well, yeah, I but he even says, like, hey, I wonder who really won or who yeah. really got the best of this deal. Yeah, um, I got quitted. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on the cover, we have our uh, Nebula strangleholding Thanos and our heroes kind of in the background. It's a pretty good cover. What do you guys right. think of this one? It's okay. Not yeah, it's better than five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Better. <laughs> I love the first page because it's a purple gym, and then Thanos's purple face kind of fish-eyed into the gym. I, that's such a great opening page. Right. I agree. Yeah, and I like I like Adam slowly walking his way around behind her. Even at one point, looking at her face, it's almost like he's like making faces. Like, can you see me? Hello. Right. Right. And then when she undoes the snap, well, first of all, I love Doctor Strange doing magic behind his back. That's freaking hilarious to me for some reason. Um, but the return of the heroes. So <laughs> I know what's happening. I know what's going on in the story. But just, the artwork's kind of funny, I think, in some of them. Like when Captain America pops in, it's like he caught Cersei and Hawkeye making out. And they're like, oh, exactly. we, we thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like, especially reading this on Marvel Unlimited, where it does, uh, doing the panel view, on that same page, the two panels where you see the people on the street and everyone shows back up, it's really cool that way, where it shows, it goes slowly from, like, one side of that panel to the other, and then into the next one, where all of a sudden all the people, it's the same panel, more or less, but now the other five people are in it. That's, it right. just comes out pretty yeah. cool that way. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Right. It's clear, like the she didn't like rewind time or anything. She just undid everything. Like that's kind of neat. Yeah. Well, I think they did rewind time. They said some people won't, most won't remember, some will. 
Yeah, but what makes me think that it's not is that when, like, the panel you were talking about where the people on the street reappear, you get people looking around like, hey, where'd you come from? So it's 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 not like they were never gone. It's like they were gone right. and now they're all back. Yeah, there there's kind of a shock factor. Um, right. Well, it does say, actually, what, actually, we're almost both right. Okay, go back to the page before. You see all the, the nine-panel grid of all the heroes back? Mm-hmm. So the, the top three panels. The wish becomes reality. Half the universe is resurrected mere moments after its unexpected death. Right. So yeah. time to go back, but not beforehand. So it's almost like everyone's on the street, like everyone blinked away. Oh, wait, wait. Am I? Am oh, I so, yeah. What so like she rewound time to like the moment after the blink, maybe. Yeah. Or something. So it did still happen. But it's only happened for like a minute or half a minute. So it's almost like you're like, wait, wait, what? Did, where did you come from? I don't know, this this the ending isn't my favorite. I I think after issue four, it starts to become a little too cosmic for me. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I know that's Al's wheelhouse, so I'm definitely not not bad mouthing in any way. It's just no, but I can understand how like something like that. It's like a Grant Morrison thing, you know. You either dig it or you don't. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so when we go back to the soul gym, uh, when Adam's going to bear his soul and he grabs Silver Surfer's face, the the 2020 version of me is like, oh, they're about to, they're going to make out. <laughs> like, in some like really progressive, you know, but it's just a, it's a soul meld. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, the art's really, really good, but it's also funny at times. Um, for example, when they're all kind of jumping after the gauntlet, it's almost like a Looney Tunes, like they're grabbing each other and clawing over each other, trying to get to the glove before Warlock picks it up. That that page is really funny to me. Um, like just holding Nebula's hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you see everyone kind of... And I like it because they show everyone reaching, but then they show the gauntlet from the perspective of in front of it. So it's almost reaching as well. Like I don't know, it's just a really nice kind of art trick. Um, kind of one of those well, things that you can do in comics that you can't do anywhere else. Um, it looks well, really- I love the page. I love the page right before it where Trax jumps on the Hulk, and Hulk's like, "I'm on your side, idiot." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, Al, I guess let's move. Uh, I think the the Scarecrow is a really badass image. Um, so as far as Warlock and Thanos and kind of where they end up, what's what's your kind of overall feelings on that? Uh, I mean, you do kind of want Thanos to pay, but I guess Warlock, as his in his God version, where he makes he does make a lot of he says later on, I made a, he made a lot of decisions. He's not sure why he did them. Like they're really right. weird. Yeah, you know, he's like uh, the universe needs Thanos, so I am going to just let him go. And I guess maybe he knew that he was going to be giving Thanos one of the gems to protect later on. Gotcha. Okay. Because I, I do like that, by the way. I do like the one line which says, what are we doing here? This is what I always do after becoming God. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, just the cyclic nature of time. Um, and I, I and it, it kind of makes sense that Thanos gets to live because Thanos is actually the protagonist of this story. He's not the hero of this story, but he's definitely the the center of the entire right. story. And it would, it would almost be like a cheat for him to to get you know a full comeuppance almost. It's almost like the uh, Infinity War movie. Right. Exactly. He is basically the protagonist of the movie, not the hero, mm-hmm. but the protagonist. 
Right. And like I said, he he does end up with like kind of some less, you know, learning some truths about himself. And he has learned something a bit. He has matured yeah. slightly. Not enough to make him like, I wouldn't say he's a good guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he's learned some stuff. Right. All which right. is what you want your protagonist to do. They yeah. cha- he changed, you know, he changed. That's what the change is in here. It's the Thanos. Right. I feel like if this story had gone straight to the early 2000s Thanos series, it would have made, per- you know, it would have been a perfect transition. <laughs> you know, it's like mm. everything maybe in between, maybe not so much, but because you had to, you know, redo a lot of, undo a lot of, uh, retcon a lot of stuff to make it make sense to, for Starlin to be able to portray Thanos as a protagonist again. But, I mean, just, right. you know, the, the themes are, are aligned. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Well, um, in the interest of time, because we are running fairly long, which I knew we probably would, um, let's go ahead and grade these bad boys and then do kind of final thoughts, and then we'll do plugs and uh, get on out of here. So what do you, what do you guys want to grade Infinity Gauntlet as a miniseries? As a whole, I give it a six, with four being a seven. <laughs> right? <laughs> a six plus, yeah. A six plus, yeah. Yeah, I really can't argue with that. I mean, it's I still love reading it. It's still good. Yep, and I'm right it, there it with me away then, and it's still great to if you have Marvel Limited, everyone read it there that way because the panel view thing makes it so much cooler because these panels, especially the Perez ones, are big on your screen and it looks so and, beautiful. Like I know this isn't their first big crossover event, but I you know miniseries, but I feel like it's the most successful one. You know, Secret Wars, Secret Wars Two, eh, not so good. This right. is. Phenomenal. Yeah, it really I would is. say so. Yes, I think it's a very, it's a pretty strong six out of six clause. I think, you know, we alluded to if you're not as into the cosmic stuff, there's parts of it that get a little muddled with that. But even then, I think there's so much pathos, and you really feel like the emotional journey through the story from from lots of different perspectives. Um, and and the art's all killers, and, and the comic books so that helps, right? Um, yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, very, very solid, strong six out of six claws for me. So, um, any overall thoughts, takeaways y'all wanna wanna throw out? I wish the two sequels to this had been as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I obviously did well. It did better, like you said, better than Secret Wars, where it got two sequels. Secret Wars only got one. Right. And these got those got bigger and bigger. I uh, it's. I remember liking Infinity War enough. Mm-hmm. I don't, not so much Crusade, but I'm curious now to when I get to them to reread them, see how that goes. Right. When I when yeah. I get to those points where I'm reading the whole, and reading the whole thing. Right. I I I feel like the stuff that Starlin put out in the early 2000s was where he wanted to go after Infinity Gauntlet, the uh, uh, Marvel the End and Infinity something or other, and then the Thanos Abyss. series. Yeah, Infinity Abyss. Those were all really good. I really, yes. really like those. And I really like Marvel the End. I feel like if he could have just been left alone to do things at his own pace, I think that's <laughs> what we would have gotten in like 92 and 93, but I think they I think they rushed him. I think they they did what like Jim Shooter did to Claremont in the 80s. It's like, well, this was really good. Now churn out some more. Right. Yeah, if they had left him alone, let just let him do Warlock and the Infinity Watch on his own without all the crossover stuff. Yeah, for sure. That, they probably would have been better than... But we'll... Yeah. Right. But that's what happened. 
All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for trucking through the uh, kind of extra long episode with me. Um, so where can people find y'all elsewhere? Great. Well, I am uh, the host of the Sentinel of Liberty podcast. It's a Captain America podcast. Um, just Google Captain America podcast, and it's the first thing that comes up. Yay. Yay. Um, I'm on Twitter at what would underscore cap do where I talk about comic books and Captain America and uh, my kind of personal philosophy of emotional, mental, and physical development. And um, you can also email me at whatwouldcapdo at gmail.com. Very good. Great show. So definitely go check it out if you haven't already. Hopefully you already have. But Thank you so much. Definitely get on that. You should. And I am the host of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. And if you're still not sure who those two people are, well, either go to the movies or uh, just rewind this to the beginning and start over again. Because you actually were not paying attention. Why weren't you paying attention? Jeez. Come on, people. Anyway, so yes. Um, you find out most podcasters just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos. I'm pretty much what's going to show up. Uh, or you can go to the main page. It's a Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And you can find me on Twitter at, at AdamThanosPod. Very good. And also a great show. So definitely go listen to it. Um, Very much. Been really enjoying re listening with my 70s read through, going back and hearing you and, and John. And um, well, uh, Tim, the other guy that did a couple episodes. Um, Ryan, he does the uh, oh. Thanos stuff with me. Oh, right. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. It's been really fun. So um, definitely go check out both of their shows and give them a hearty thumbs up and tell them that a Wolverine sent you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast that goes snit, of course, uh, Twitter is at Snitcast. Um, you can like the Facebook page if you're still doing stuff over there. Um, and then show notes and stuff are at snitcast.podbean.com. So, Al, Grant, again, thank you very much for taking this cosmic trip with me. I know it wasn't really, I mean, it's not really a Wolverine story much at all, per se, but, you know, he was in there, so I enjoyed the excuse to kind of chat about the event with you guys. So thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Um, one of the things I enjoy most about podcasting comic book stuff is getting to interact with other comic book podcasters and then getting to do a story where my favorite character and my two friends' favorite characters all feature in the same story is yeah, really quite rad. a treat. Yeah, <laughs> It's like That's we crossed over. Right, right. Exactly. We had, yeah. <laughs> so very, very good. So, um, yeah. So I guess until next time, everybody – Hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Later. And snacked.